As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The Sunranto Show is brought to you by all of our Patreon supporters. Find out how you can listen early and ad-free throughout the 2020 season for as little as a dollar a month with your own RSS feed at patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. This version of the podcast is brought to you by my bookie. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Now, sometimes I've just got a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on the Cubs because they're the Cubs and I love them. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're just ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. Now, if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. That's money. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. And if you really want to support the Cubs this season, don't just sit there in the bleachers like me. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie is going to double, double your first deposit. You use the promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR, and you double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today because you play, you win, and then, well, you get paid. Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old-style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the lovable Lucy. Lucho Scali. Sunrento. Michael. Sunrento. Cotton. Sunrento and the lovable Lucy. Michael Cotton. Oh, it It was going so well, too. I was like, man, for a Sunday morning, you're just really crowing there. And then it just broke up. I was was nailing it. I was feeling good. I was going to keep that thing going for like four minutes. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, you were a little bit too. (laughs) It was a little too high. You you broke high. So, um, hi, it's uh, Sunday morning here, and I'm here with uh, Michael Cotton. My name's Danny Rocket. And uh, also on the show, of course, hiding under rocks, living in a tree. How you doing this fine Sunday morning? Are you recovered from your uh, John Vincent Valentine's Day love fest? I I have recovered. It was a great time as always. Um, John Vincent was at Rizzo's uh, right across from Wrigley Field, and he had a great Valentine's Day party. We were there with... uh, Strong contingent of Club 400 folks, so uh, you know that's going to lead to a long night. Oh, yeah. No, those people are fucking drunks. <laughs> they really are. And now like, now, uh, Stuart has his own beer, and so it's just all off the rails now. 
Um, well, what? How was the show? Like uh, Vincent sounded great. Did he sing any special Valentine's tunes? You know, yeah, a lot of the classic love songs and stuff like that. Sinatra and uh, Dean Martin and all that. And you know, they had it all done up really nice. The stage and everything, the lighting. They just got a really good thing going there. And uh, you know, it, it's John's going to have his own place opening up further downtown later on this year. But, uh, you know, he's just a really talented guy, and, and, and he's a really nice guy. John John is a great representative for the Cubs. If you ever run into him at a game or outside the park, he's just friendly, lets people try on his ring. He's just the kind of guy you want to have representing the Cubs. Yeah, and he's got a great voice, and he does a lot of – he does Sinatra perfectly, but he also does, like, Louis Armstrong too, right, and a couple right. other – yeah, he can just he he can kind of like almost inhabit that person's singing style so well that it just blows your mind how he goes from one to the other. There's one time he does uh, "Mac the Knife" by Bobby Darin and then switches to the Louis Armstrong version, just like on a flip of a switch, like two completely different styles and voices. When the clock strikes. No, that's not Louis Armstrong. That's more like uh, who's that guy that sings? Jimmy like Durante. Jimmy, <laughs> you must remember this. Yeah, does he do Durante? No, he does not do Durante. I'm going to see if John will let me up there, and I'll do my Jimmy Durante for him. And we can do a little du- duet if you must remember this. Does he do witchcraft? I love that song. Not do witchcraft, no. It's such an ancient pitch. That's ah, a good one. So, uh, well, speaking of concerts, I, well, I'm glad he had a good time. And uh, you could also have a good time because I just booked over at G-Man Tavern. Uh, opening day at Wrigley Field is at 3 p.m. this year, which is kind of cool, It's except for it's going to be a drunken shit show in there. Because <laughs> usually if the game starts at 1.20, you know, people show up, the bars open at 9. So they're only a couple hours in. You give some Cub fans like two extra hours of boozing. Oh, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, you give all the respectable people the chance to not start until noon, right? They're like, oh, I won't drink until noon. But now they've got three hours rather yeah. than like 30 minutes yeah. before they got to head in. Exactly. So uh, so we decided to take advantage of these drunken people and uh, this throng that will be in Wrigley Field. And the Bleacher Bums are playing at around noon at G-Man Tavern. We got sponsored by Maplewood Brewery again. So that's really cool because it means we don't have to pay for the room. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's great. And um, yeah, but it got me thinking. I'm like, shit, I'm playing a fucking rock and roll gig on Monday at noon. I'm like, I'm, I'm so old. Like, yeah, that's not that old. It's, it's not like you're playing at the uh, old country buffet for the old folks home at a 3.30 buffet. I mean, you're playing for Cubs fans that are going to be freaking three sheets to the wind by the time you guys get on stage. Yeah, it's going to be fun. They're already three hours in. And oh, so, yeah. and we wanted to play at noon because we know a lot of people want to actually get into the stadium on opening day, including Bleacher Jeff, who's the guitar player in the Bleacher Bump. So <laughs> he's just like, I'm like, so what, should we start at one? He's like, no, I think like noon. I think noon so I can get in there. I'm like, all right, I get you. <laughs> Need to go fucking steal balls from children with my tie guy. I understand. Hey, you know, it's it's opening home opener is always fun for anyone that's never been there. You know, they always kind of got like they call everybody out the first time. So, you know, you're going to have Rossi getting the huge ovation the first time he's announced. So they announce players on both sides. They have the new video, whatever they do, their productions. Uh, this year's new hashtag where the stories play. Ugh. Uh, the Cubs had a really cool, uh, <laughs> because, because actual players won't be playing there. Just stories. just stories. We, we won't have anything to talk about this season except for all the shit that happened before. Let me tell you about the story of the guy playing third base that got traded right in the middle of spring trading. Surprisingly. Let just, me tell you about a long time ago, 2016. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was a great year. Where stories play. <laughs> but if but if you watch uh, if you watch Cubs Productions, they came up. They, they are some of the best in the business. They had an awesome video the other day, and you know, as as much as I've been bitching about this offseason, and trust me, I've done my fair share of bitching. You know, it just gets you pumped up. Like the closer we get to the home opener and thinking about it, this is my twentieth home opener in a row. It, it, it never gets old, man, and, and that's why we do this, right? Yeah, I I do love opening day. The problem is it's in March. <laughs> it's in March at Wrigley Field. I'm looking at the was looking at some. I actually bought some tickets this morning that were under under face bleachers on cold ass April days. But I, then I looked at that March game. That one's going for probably around face value already. Just because I mean, geez, it, last year's opening day was beautiful. Just oh, like seventy, 60s or something. Yeah, six, it might have even hit seventy that day, and people were in a great mood. The Cubs won. You know, you moved this shit back a couple of weeks to March thirtieth, and I mean, you could honestly get snowed out. Let's face it. You know, it's so it, it, at least uh, we'll have a, sh- a show for you <laughs> in the snow. You can stay inside, nice warm at G Man Tavern, watch some bleacher bumps. So I'm gonna make an event for that soon, but I hope to see you. Uh, you, you guys all out there. I'll be there. Sweet. Um, so I'm not. I'm not planning on being there. So I, I kind of figured. I'm, I'm because, kind of fucked. Yeah, because because <laughs> you're basically fucked in life. Um, oh my god. Yeah. Do you know who else is uh, is fucked? The Astros. Because if you can make Chris Bryant the nicest fucking person in baseball, the sweetest, most lovable character in the world. During his press conference, spend uh, probably a quarter of it ripping you to shreds, calling you lying ass sons of bitches. I mean, he didn't say that. He said it in a Disney way, but he meant it. He's, I've never heard Chris Bryant say a bad word about anybody. And there he is, you know, calling them cheaters and saying he doesn't trust a thing that they say and that they're disingenuous. And oh, my God, have, had you ever heard Chris Bryant come out? And say anything of this fashion about anybody? No, I, I you know, Chris is about as good a guy as you can imagine, like you said, and and this really bothered him, and I and I think it bothers a lot of the players. And once again, we talk about how Rob Manfred hates baseball. <laughs> Why would he give the players on the Astros immunity? For what reason? That's absolutely ridiculous. And it, it's not just Chris Bryant. You hear a lot of players in MLB. Uh, really angry about it. Uh, really angry about this situation and. And I, I think that it really affects the players because it affected careers. It affected outcomes of games. It, it affected the World Series. Like even, yeah. I was thinking about this. Even something as single as, let, let's say, the leadoff hitter uses the system and gets his ass on base, even if he's just dumping a single. We all know that a leadoff single, even if nobody uses it behind it behind him, can change the, complex, the complexion of an inning. You know, just a leadoff single. One guy uses it. And then that has a snowball effect, and the pitcher's pitching more. Then you get to the bullpen early. I mean, any cheating at all, even if it's just one guy during a freaking random game, can have an impact on the entire season. One play in baseball can be the difference of your season sometimes. You know? And if that was a cheated on play, like the more I think about it and how deep it runs, like you said, dudes. You know, having their careers shortened, uh, saying, who was it, Bellinger coming out and saying that a judge might have lost the MVP due to Altuve's cheating. I mean, 
that's huge in contract negotiations down the line when you're trying to, you know, go into arbitration and shit. Like, you know, it, it's it's not just oh these guys won a couple games and they might and they won a World Series by cheating, which is big enough. But you've affected the entire game, the integrity so, of the game, and the integrity yeah. of the game. And it's just like, the more I think about it, the more I don't even want to think about it because it's too ugly. Yeah, Corey Finneran had a great uh, thought about it on cultivating Catuli that I listened to yesterday. Uh, just in the idea that they should all be suspended, you know, a la the Black Sox sort of deal, you know, suspended like or kicked out of baseball. The players should, and then. You know, and like he was saying, the MLBPA should not be protecting these guys because if you do, you're protecting the cheaters and hurting the, uh, the actual good players who didn't cheat that were hurt by this scandal. Well, that, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say I, I, thought, I, I just thought it was a great it was a great notion that. MLBPA, if they are doing that, are protecting the wrong people. Oh, well, absolutely. here's the thing: I, I was a union rep in in my work for many years, and uh, you know, you try to protect everybody, but at the same time, you have to think about the whole, the collective. That's what the whole union's about. And this 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 whole scandal reminds me very much of the uh, steroid scandal that we lived through, in the fact that you don't want to be protecting the cheaters because you're hurting the rest of the rank and file. And that's really the problem here is is that if you're protecting these players that that cheated the game, those people, those players, like we were just talking about, hurt everybody, whether it's careers, whether it's contracts, whether it's record books. So if I was I think that the MLBPA, which is one of the strongest unions anywhere, not just in sports, I would say just in general. But I, I think that they've done a shitty job lately. They did a shitty job with this situation. They did a shitty job with the last CBA and if I was a, if I were the major league baseball players, I would want Tony Clark out of there as soon as possible. Cause I haven't, this is the worst I've seen the MLBPA uh, respond to different types of situations. It's just been absolutely awful. Well, and I got to thinking about it too, because I mean, it, let's say they do suspend the Astros players or don't allow them to be in a postseason or, or, or basically ruin the Astros as a franchise, you know, you know, have them suck for the next five years. You know, the reason they don't want to do that is obvious, because if you lose, you know, that kind of revenue out of one of the your top teams in baseball, well, you're losing revenue. So they're going to lose money by. <clears throat> so they have a bunch of guys fall on their swords, some executives that don't play the game that aren't going to affect like your next season, you know, but, you know, the AL West is a whole different team or is a whole different division without that team in it. You know, I, I meaning like if they gut the team, you you suspend five of their best players for even a year. You know, you how much money do you lose? And that's why they don't want to do it. They don't want to stick it to any one owner at any given time, regardless of what they did. And I think that is so. I mean, it's so frustrating. And for them to keep coming out, like Correa comes out and he's fucking lying. And he's like, oh, the reason they didn't want to rip Altuve's shirt was because he had a bad tattoo. And I'm like, get your fucking story straight. Yeah, because Altuve was on the record as saying, no, my wife didn't want to see me with my shirt ripped off. She doesn't like that. He said that shit back in 
yeah, uh, October I, when it happened. Dumbass Correa can't even tell the same story. And now it's going to be, now Altuve is going to go back. He's like, all right, now what I'll say now is that my wife doesn't like the bad tattoo. So like, when I, so that's what she didn't want to see. You know, I'm like, come on. You're such lying sacks of shit, and everybody knows it. The fucking Astros, What's who's the guy that went up there the other day and just sucked? Well, and the, it, it, the, you... the owner, Jim Crane. Oh, my God. What is it with people named Crane? Well, you have Jim Crane, and then you had uh, yeah, Altuve, Bregman, and then the thing that pisses me off is you bring Dusty out there. Like, Ugh. shut up! Why the why the fuck is Dusty Baker out there? You know what? And 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 let me. I'm gonna rant for a second here on Dusty Baker yeah. because it pisses the shit out of me. Because look, I know a lot of sports writers. I, you know, I've talked to them this and that, but I do not understand the love that Dusty Baker gets every time he's out of the game. It's like, oh, the game's so much better with Dusty in it. Fuck that! No, it's not. He's the biggest, whiniest bitch, and he always plays the victim, <laughs> and he's the perfect guy to fucking be on this team because now he can play the victim again. Oh, Manfred has to come out and say, don't hit us. Fuck that shit. And hit Dusty Baker on the side of the temple, too. <laughs> I'm tired of that crap, man. You sit there. You weren't even there, Dusty. Why are you even on the press conference? You weren't even there. You weren't even on the team. So you got the job for a year. Congratulations. You got what you wanted because every time you're not employed, you cry about that too. And then all your little sports writers friends always sit there and then they sit there and say like, why doesn't Dusty get a job? You know, just tired of it. Shut up. You know, and you, and, and you know what? Your players are going to get hit and they deserve to get hit. And I am one of the people that least advocates players getting hit, but I'm not going to feel sorry when those guys start getting plunked for their bullshit and the way that they fuck things up. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, my conspiracy here about Dusty Baker getting hired and now being sent out as some sort of sacrificial lamb to try to clean this whole thing up uh, is that I think Mark Pryor is paying his salary. He's like, you know what? Fuck Dusty Baker. I'm going to make sure that he ends up the Astros manager and will never work in baseball again after fucking having to fall on his sword over and over and over again all year long for something he didn't even do. Oh, conspiracy. Yeah. So Mark Pryor is just like, I've, I've got his salary. Don't worry. I've, I, I'm, I invested in Tesla. I'm I'm gonna pay, but I will tell you that I am I am, I really want to keep hearing the players bitch about this so that they're 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 the Tony Clark can hear it and Manfred hear it. The more of the Bellingers that come out, the more of the Chris Bryant's that come out and do this and put pressure on their peers. That's what's going to make a difference in this situation. Don't let up. Keep talking about it. I want to hear Aaron Judge say that he got ripped off because yeah. he did. Yeah, because he did. He got ripped off. And I want to hear the Dodgers complaining even more because think about this. Clayton Kershaw is one of the greatest pitchers in our gener in the last generation. Okay. He may not get that ring. Why? Because twice he got fucked over by the uh, Astros. Yeah, twice. It, 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 it's, 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 these players have to sit there and be the ones because the union works for you. And how if you're unhappy with union leadership, you have to be the one that steps up and says well, something. How much did you, Darvish, lose? You know, signing with the Cubs. You know, right in the middle of spring, or was it right in the middle of spring training, or right before it? You know, yeah, it was about forty million dollars because I think he was projected at like one sixty to one seventy. Yeah, going into that World Series, basically. And the mental health aspect of how much he he had such a crisis of confidence, and how much he you know he heard shit from the Dodgers fans and all that stuff. I mean, that was really tough on him. Yeah. And then he and then he had a shitty year after that because because of kind of the mental issues of the whole thing. And so it just runs so deep. And it's just like it's like any lie. 
because technically cheating is a form of lying and it's just like that tangled web we weave and it's true like once it has a domino effect and once you really start thinking of it and going down the rabbit hole of how it affects so much it's just i could see why the players are are incredibly frustrated and especially that they got to go out there and fucking play with these fucking liars still so well, anyway, it, I, I also, uh, speaking of liars, <laughs> I did enjoy uh, Chris Bryant kind of sticking it to the uh, Chicago sports writers a little bit in his kind of cheeky, cute and cuddly, fun, beautiful, blue-eyed, tall, handsome way. Um, but just totally blowing up the idea of the $200 million extension that has been bandied about for a couple years now that he uh, supposedly turned down. And also, uh, just, you know, the trade rumors in general, he, he called Twitter the worst place in the world or the worst thing that's ever been invented, which he's not totally wrong about. Um, I, I, I would say Facebook first, then Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like it's a pretty low bar when you start with Facebook. Yeah. Well, he dumped he said he dumped Instagram the year before. So, like, the pictures got him first. And then it was the words. I think he saw uh, Juliana Zobris' Instagram and just like, fuck that, I'm out of like, here. This, is, this place <laughs> is just too weird for me. Like, no, this- he's like all the rest of us that don't have Instagram, but seriously consider it whenever Danny tells us about what Juliana's doing. And I was shitting on myself. <laughs> so don't shit on we me. Know, we know she was shitting on herself, but we'll get to her later. Um, but I, I did kind of enjoy it because it's one thing that's kind of driven me nuts uh, about this off season and it's and I and we're part of it. Are this show is part of it, you know, you you get the original news that comes out from your rumors, whether it be winter meetings or any other time that are coming out of your Ken Rosenthal's and your Tom Verducci's and whoever that's like employed at the top end, your John Heyman's, you know, and then so these rumors come out and then there's articles written and then all the Cubs bloggers write about it and then everybody talks about it and then nothing fucking happens. And it's and I know they're just trade rumors, uh, but then there's uh, all these other articles that get written like what's the package from the Braves? What's the package from the Phillies? What would the freaking Giants give us? Will Hayward be involved in the deal? And all these fucking people write article after article, click, 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 click. And it's and we're guilty of it too. Oh, more Chris Bryant trade rumors. And it's just like, at what point do we get to like? This is like actually hurting the narrative of like not just um, baseball and being a Cubs fan, but our lives. (laughs) Right, and and in that sense, and in that sense, I think that's what he's saying about Twitter being the worst thing because all these people are are doing this in this like. The Twitterverse, like you have to be the first one to get something out there. You pop it on Twitter, whether it's right or not. You just don't have time, you know, whereas before if, you know, when we had to wait like dopes for the Sunday morning news or some shit like that, like they would have time to fucking look and see if it was any good before they posted it. And now they post everything. And then Bob Nightingale has to fucking turn around and say it wasn't true or something. Well, you know, it, it's hard because, you know, the off season you're trying, you know, it, the baseball off season has been kind of boring the last few years and you're just trying to kind of people have, you know, we're looking for stuff to talk about. We're looking for stuff to write about, you know, and, and so it, is there any doubt in my mind that the Cubs were actively trying to shop Chris Bryant? 
I was the one arguing the whole time, don't do it, but I'm sure that they looked at it. I'm sure it's something they definitely considered. Everybody was on the table, I think. You know, they tried to get something done to get under the tax, and, you know, the asking price was high, but it's just like to go through the constant churn and the cycle of these news is – I've just found it personally a bit exhausting, and uh, and Chris Bryant ignores it, and he's exhausted by it. <laughs> you know, like just getting screen, <laughs> he's getting screenshots texted to him by his friends and stuff. You're like, oh, dude. he needs better friends. I would be fucking pissed. Yes. Like if you guys just kept screenshotting, like, hey, this guy thinks you're an asshole. I'd be like, just fucking stop. <laughs> I've already blocked him. I don't see that shit. Right. If all you guys sent me the screenshots of all the pro Almora people that get angry at me, I'd be upset. <laughs> um, oh, I'm sorry about texting you for that shit. Uh, but <laughs> the, the, the takeaway the take that I got is that, you know, I, I really do believe that Chris Bryant wants to stay in Chicago. Like, I found him to be so incredibly genuine and like not even, I mean, Carl, you said it, you know, for all this off season about Chris Bryant being, you know, a generational player and that, you know, not since like banks or Santo, he has got the potential to be on that level. If they freaking lock him up, extend him for forever. And so, you know, what I got out of that is that he, is so genuine and actually does love to play in Chicago. He likes being a cub. He probably would like to get something done, you know, but I don't know if I believe, I think the Cubs probably did lowball him on something 200 million. We don't know how many years, like, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to that. And, and, and what I've always been saying is that I think Chris Bryant, it, just like the expectations through him are otherworldly. And he's just, people are just forgetting that the numbers that he puts together just in an injured season, are phenomenal compared to most players. The Cubs, until they got Aramis Ramirez, couldn't get a goddamn third baseman for 30 years since Santo and Madlock. It was, it was Santo, Bill Madlock, 1973, and then really nothing until you had Aramis Ramirez. Well, Vance Law. Yeah, Vance Law, there you go. <laughs> but, but in well, general... Accord, according to uh, ESPN... I think aren't they the ones that put out the top ten uh, third yeah, base? Bryant's not even in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Brad's still not. Those are those are stupid numbers that they put out. <laughs> and, and I'm just going to say in general, this is a guy that you want to build an organization around. When you're looking for the face of the franchise, there's no. I, I just don't think there's a, a better teammate, a guy who cares more about winning, a guy who really does it the right way. Uh, and I don't, I, I use those terms very seriously because a lot of players have like this facade that they put on. And then, uh, you know, when the, when the cameras are off or the, you know, there's no reporters around there a different way. Chris Bryant's about as genuine a guy. And I think he's a great player. And I, that was my whole point this entire offseason. I don't think you're going to get the value you think you are for Chris Bryant. If you're telling me you're going to get, you know, a couple prospects, maybe one of them a top 10 prospect, you don't know if that's going to pan out or anything else is going to pan out. I just did. I, I, I thought that Bryant is a guy, and, and that press conference was absolutely brilliant. And if I'm the Astros, I hire Chris Bryant to be my PR rep because that's how you do it. You know, that's how you just be genuine. You 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 speak from the heart, and you. you <laughs> to be, be fair, Chris Bryant didn't cheat the entire rest of the league before <laughs> his press conference, so you know it is a little easier. Yeah, well, he's just a good person. He's not. I mean, that's the thing is, if you are not a cheating, lying son of a bitch, and you go up there and you're dishonest with people, well, you're you're gonna come off looking good. 
because you are good. <laughs> so like if so if you're just a really good person, you will also probably have a really good press conference, <laughs> you and know. Press conference too, and I've seen it every year that Chris Bryant has been in the majors. He's more he's just more self-assertive and there's a lot of things that were in that press conference. You know, he talked about this idea that he doesn't like Theo or he doesn't like or he's upset about this. And he's like, "No, none of that's true. I want to play in Chicago. That that's so we can end that the talks on that." And he talked a little bit about how Boris works for him. He was very clear about that, you know, because that narrative that keeps coming up, well, he's a Boris client, so this, that, or the other. And Chris said, no, Scott works for me. He wants to get the best first players, which is what a, 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 your agent's job is, is to get you the best deal humanly possible. And so he, he was really kind of forceful on that, you know, and, and again, talking about the media and stuff like that. And, you know, I know that the players get annoyed by that and the media, I think are just doing their job, whether it's too much for some people that, you know, I get that, but at the same time they're doing their job. And I think Chris was really respectful about the Chicago media. Um, he was at an event about a week prior to him showing up in Arizona it was a boy, boy Scout, Girl Scout thing uh, in uh, Las Vegas in his hometown. And they were asking him a whole bunch of questions. And he said, no, I'm not going to answer him until I talk to the Chicago media first. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, and I think that they really appreciated that. And, you oh, know, he, kn- he knows how to work that. Media exactly. For sure. Exactly. And, and the thing is, he's not the most like verbose human in the world. Like he's not he wasn't on the debate team. He, you know, he he just is an honest, sweet person giving thoughtful responses that don't seem spun in the least. And Danny, I was laughing when he talked about how he wants his son to be a guitarist, take guitar and voice lessons. He, I was thinking he about took, on that one. He took guitar lessons because, yeah. you know, Chris Bryant, you know, he looks around Wrigleyville and he's like, who's the fucking coolest dude around? And he's like, Danny fucking Rocket. Look at that motherfucking be- fucker being awesome all the time. I want to be him. I want my son to be just like him. So he's going to give him guitar lessons. You, and Danny, you lessons. seriously need to reach out to Chris and tell him, Start learning drums. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, I need a drummer. Because the pension. guitar's covered, you need drums in the band. Yeah. Well, if I were you, Danny, I'd be worried because if you remember a couple of years ago, it was Rizzo taking piano lessons, and now it's Brian taking guitar lessons. Oh. Maybe they're looking around Wrigleyville and saying, hey, there's only one Cubs band around. Maybe, maybe we can get in on this racket. Maybe they're going to start a Cubs band. Well, oh, God, can you, can you imagine if we get freaking pushed out by the actual players band? We'll open up. We'll open up. I mean, either that or Chris Bryant's like, you know, I we've had this these problems with Theo. We went through five years of this, you know, terrible, uh, you know, uh, this investigation into my service time. You know, me and Theo, you know, we really just got to see eye to eye. I've got to learn a few Pearl Jam songs so he'll <laughs> like me again. So he's just going to his office every day. He's like, in a concrete. Elderly woman behind the counter singing in. No, but, you know, the other thing that made me laugh about the the comment about the guitar about for, you know, he's talking about his kid wanting to have his kid take that the guitar and the voice lessons. And then two seconds, he mentioned how his dad would be the one that would put the bat in the kid's hand. Yeah. Well, that'd be, you know, know, Mike Bryant, that's totally accurate. Well, I mean, the way I look at it is like, if I had a son, I'd want him to be like Chris Bryant, but Chris Bryant wants his son to be like me. (laughs) Like just fucking weird. That's life though. 
But, um, it, it, you know, I really do agree at this point, just seeing how genuine and honest, like what a great spokesperson. He's a great baseball player. You know, granted, the injuries have been super frustrating, but like watching him, you know, kind of stick it to the Astros in such a, like a clear and honest and yet still genuine and friendly way, you know, made me want him on the Cubs for the long term even more. And I'm not even saying I'm a bit of a convert. You know what I mean? To Chris Bryant, because I'm like, he's never really lived up to the so-called hype to me. And that's not his fault because he didn't make the hype. You know what I mean? But um, at the same time, it's just uh, they got to fucking they got to lock one of these guys up. They haven't done anybody because of the fucking rickets and the money and the luxury tax, which he already called, which Chris Bryant basically called a cap, um, which they're acting like it is. And so and because of this cap. Uh, they haven't been done Javi. They haven't done Bryant. They haven't gotten anything done. So it's a, just a fucking bottomless pit after fucking next year with all the players uh, that you know and love. <laughs> so, well, it's interesting because they asked Chris about that. They asked Chris, you know, you're coming up. Javi's coming up. Wilson's coming up. Or is there going to be money? And he said, and, and Chris is like, look, the Cubs are a very profitable team. They started a network. Uh, they have, they've built up all around the ballpark. So there's definitely revenue. You know what I mean? It's, I'm going to tell you right now, there, there will be a baseball strike when the next CBA is done. I think oh, so, too. Yes. For sure. And think about it, too, this way. You know, I mean, they want to talk about the luxury tax and the profit sharing and how, like, Brett Taylor uh, you kind of laid out uh, in that one article about how it's not just a couple million dollars of tax or $15 million or whatever it would be. It's about the profit sharing at the end of it all. You know, that you that you get a rebate, so it could be as much as like forty, fifty, sixty million dollars and we're talking yeah. like shit loads I of money. I love when they bring that up because they make it sound like, oh, it's so much more than the ten million. It's another forty on top of that. So that's like fifty million. Right. It's fucking but, nothing. Well, it to is these, it's a lot. But but I mean but well, no, it's nothing to these billionaires. Yeah, and and my other point is I don't give a fucking shit because, you know, the fact is if you have Wrigleyville packed through October and your big your hotel is charging five, six hundred bucks a night, uh, you know, for a playoff game or probably even more concessions, all the concessions, all the shirts that people are buying, all the the everything. Yeah. The extra foot. Now you got Gallagher way open at, you know, extra hours and shit. And you're charging $12 for a beer in there. People going in there because they think, why not? And, uh, you know, so don't give me this, you know, you've got millions and millions of fans. You know, the fact is if like 3 million fans give you fucking $10, that's fucking $30 million. So I don't want to fucking hear it because we're all going to give you $10 million. You drew 3 million people last year. You're going to get fucking $20 million. You're going to get double that shit. So, But we, we all know what this is about, and this is about collusion amongst the owners. Mm-hmm. And can they pay it? Yes. But the guy who's, who's – and this is – you know, I don't, I'm not the, the first one to come up with this Cubspiracy, but the one that's – it's not really a Cubspiracy. It's a Soxpiracy. But the one that's always been pulling the strings behind the background has been uh, Jerry Reinsdorf. And he does not want, they want to make sure that none of these teams are kind of being repeat offenders. So these quote unquote small market teams, whether it's Reinsdorf or the Oakland A's or any of these, they, they want, they don't want these big teams like the Yankees and the Cubs and Boston to be spending the money because they're not, they quote unquote think they can't. Or, or claim that they can't. And so this was a re, you know, one of the reasons that it's been brought up many times that when Mark Cuban 
was interested in buying the Cubs and some say had a better offer than what the Ricketts were willing to offer. Reinsdorf, no way in hell was he going to let Cuban own the Cubs because of that kind of fear that he was worried that a guy like Cuban's could say, fuck it, I'll spend over, I don't care. Yeah, yeah because, so, because it might make financial sense if three million Cub fans give you $10. <laughs> you know, like... It does make sense. You'll make it in a fucking day. Like you, Ricketts could go down there and say, okay, every Cup fan's got to give me $10 and we'll lock up Chris Bryant for 10 years. You know, everybody would do that. Yeah. You know, now if you, so just to, I did the numbers here real quick because I, I knew what they were, but I had to just double check them. So for a billionaire, right? $50 million is like, it's 5%. So imagine you have $100. And somebody needs $5. That's what it is. If you have $100 in your pocket, $5. And, and, and the Ricketts have 26 of those billions. <laughs> so imagine it's five fucking bucks to these billionaires. And they act like, oh, my God, it's going to bankrupt the team if we have to pay that $50 million this year. Well, and then they're like, no, but we'll lose draft picks. I'm like, good. You suck at drafting. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck draft picks. Buy well, us players. And, and if you're fucking good, if you win the World Series, you're getting the shittiest draft picks anyway in those rounds. Yeah, exactly. What are you really losing? Yeah. Um. Yeah. And speaking. All right. But now let me get into this real quick because I got another Cubspiracy here. Speaking of these fucking fucking greedy ass owners, and I'm really gonna let because I think Ivy Envy is probably gonna record about this and uh Corey Finneran. I had a nice little text exchange with him the other day when I got the email from the Cubs inviting me to the bloggers private meeting with the Cubs owner Mr. Tom Ricketts which um Corey had been asking about cuz he's like, "You know what? I'm going to fucking go to this thing this year. I don't care what it costs me. I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to go fucking talk to Tom Ricketts, which god, you know, given that uh, Corey's at a walk year right now, you know, he's he's in his walk for my VNV year. I I'm interested I would love for Corey to be at that meeting and ask some great questions. But uh Ricketts his blogger meeting is going to be tomorrow. So they told us Friday afternoon that if we wanted to meet with Tom Ricketts, we'd have to get a plane ticket and basically probably leave right now because it's in the morning on Monday. So it's not like I could just get a Monday morning flight. Like I'd have to leave basically within 48 hours where most of the bloggers, you know, live in the Midwest, which stands to reason. Not all of them do. There might be a few that could show up. I know Al Yellen's already out there from Bleed Cubby Blue. So look for the article that he's going to write about that meeting. But, um, it's fucking garbage. They did that on purpose. Corey had been asking for an entire week and a half when they were planning this blogger meeting. as because he wanted to go. They told us fucking 48 hours beforehand. And the reasons are obvious. They don't want us there. Period. End of story. Ricketts does not want to meet with clowns like me or Corey or anybody else for that matter. I mean, hopefully, I, I know that uh, John Felice is down there. Maybe he'll get to go in. But, like... I'd be surprised if there'd be maybe Brett will go. I hope somebody goes and asks so some the, fucking So the meeting's questions. in Arizona. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I should have mentioned that. The meeting is in Arizona. It's yeah, it's in Arizona. So don't you think that's on purpose? Yeah, oh, you for know, sure. it, 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 it's two days crazy. notice. Come on. Yeah. 
Like, what do you want me to do? Jet in, fucking Tom? Jesus Christ. I mean, it's it's pretty frustrating. We they should they got to give more heads up so people can you know make plans and get out there. When you do this to people, it's the, your reasons are obvious. You know, so obvious. Oh, in two well, days is going to be happen. Yeah, or, yeah. And people, if you don't want people to ask all the shitty questions about your really shitty off season, maybe you save that presser for the bloggers till mid spring training, late spring training, so that there's other shit to ask about. Yeah, like not you know, just if the you shitty, walk in there yeah. and you're like, hey, why didn't you trade Chris Bryant last year when Chris Bryant's already hit like twelve homers in the spring training? You're going to look like the asshole instead of them, you know? Well, I would never ask Tom that question. I'd ask him about the marquee network and I'm, what he's I doing. I know. I'm just saying. If and- you're, but if you're asking about off-season stuff at the end of spring training, then it looks a little bit worse because there's better things to ask about I mean, in the mind of people who are reading and stuff. You know what I'm saying? I just want somebody to, like Crawley. Yes, I, I had this thought. I would love to, like right now, I I would have actually uh, written back to the Cubs and said, I can't go, but I would like to send a representative from the Sun Ranto show, and I want (laughs) Crawley to be there. And because you would ask better questions than me. I mean, I'd ask questions like, um, is the are you treating the luxury tax as a de facto cap, and are you trying to get under it this year? And this, and I know he's going to lie to me, but the beauty of it is I'm going to make him lie to me. And then I'm going to try to decipher whether he's lying or not. You and that's know. something I've always done at Cubs convention too. Great. Is you you got to word the questions properly, and if they're going to lie, the beat writers kind of love these type of sessions because then all of a sudden they can kind of go fact check it. Oh yeah, because they will lie right to your face, or or you know speak around the truth. But you know there's yeah, like when he said that nobody booed him. At uh, Cubs convention. Yeah, I would ask him that, too. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I say, how did it make you feel when uh, people booed the marquee network? And I just like and that's what I'd ask him. How did it make you feel? Because that's what I want to know, because I, I want him to talk about his hurt and pain that I can revel in, <laughs> you know, marquee network. <laughs> Oh, Marquee Network. Marquee Network. <laughs> oh, directly to my veins. I kind of like it fast too. It's funny fast. Um, God, that was so good. And then I'll just start booing. But um, anyway, that was annoying and frustrating. But it, please tune in to Ivy Envy because Corey was really pissed off. So let's just let, um, that's a plug for their next show. And he's he told me he's going to hate podcast all year long. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, well, that's what the Sunranto show has been doing for eight years. Don't fucking muscle it on my territory. I already got the Cubs starting a band. Uh, he's starting to leave. So this is, this is the farewell oh, tour for these I, guys. So oh. it's kind of like, you know, like that last year, last week of your job where you're like, I'll just show up late. What are they going to do? Fire me? <laughs> yeah. You know what, who I've always wanted to tell off? That fucking bitch, Sharon. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then you just go, fuck. you know, Sharon, I really don't like you. And just walk away. <laughs> oh, yeah. those. Like, I'm really here for the home stretch Ivy Envy podcast because they might outrant to the ranchers this year. And that, that's fucking special. I'm glad. Uh, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. More ranters. More ranters. Um, well, let's talk about some players stretching because that's what they're doing. It's pitchers and catchers happen. We got the guys. I mean, I guess some of them are were technically early 
showing up. Uh, Javi arrived at spring training. Does he have a press conference today? I thought I heard somebody saying that he was going to do like a Chris Bryant depressor today. I heard the same thing, but I didn't. I didn't see any details about the time or anything like that. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, Chris's was like at this time yesterday, so I don't know. Somebody keep checking Twitter to see if he drops any bobs. But um, you know, get you know, a lot of players showed up. Nico Horner. I mean, I'm impressed with this kid. He shows up. He's fucking jacked. And I don't know if it's the angle of the picture. Did you see this picture of Nico Horner? Just his fucking muscles are fucking goddamn biceps bulging. Yeah, goddamn. And so, unfortunately, he'll be suspended for steroids as soon as he pees in the next cup. But, um, you know, I like that he showed up with a game plan. I'm going to look fucking jacked until I get suspended. No, it's nice because he sees, he goes, look, I've got an opportunity right now. The Cubs have no second baseman. They go out there. They sign Kipnis, you know, kind of minor league deal. You know, maybe he's the starting second baseman. You got Descalso maybe going out there. You could put Bodie, you know. But Nico Horner looks at this. He's like, there's an open roster spot here and it could be me why not me so i'm gonna show up jacked so that's well, nice to see and also he got paid last year right mm-hmm. because when these guys are minor leaguers and what he was what double a last year was the highest he made it he was double a yeah yeah I mean, he got and then he got on bonus. but as soon as you get on that major league roster you get a bunch of money and he could just work out all year instead of fucking struggling or worrying about it. God, Bagging did, groceries. Yeah did, yeah. did you see that ham sandwich that some Mets minor leaguer posted? Dude, and, and they were like, they were told not to bring their own food because food would be provided. Yeah. They're like, they were like, had these healthy salads and, you know, granola bars and shit. And they can them this fucking monster. I mean, it, it, you know, God, I, I've eaten better in jail. Seriously, <laughs> I've eaten better in jail. That story on next off season. <laughs> well, that's because there are laws to protect you in jail, not in the minor leagues. Speaking of eating in jail, did you, Crawley? You didn't happen to be with uh, Stewart. I, I, wait, I, I deny any of the. Wait, 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 my attorney's not here. What are we talking about? <laughs> you know, you, you didn't uh, happen to be sitting with Stewart when he ordered that meat platter at uh, I, the Hotel Zachary. <laughs> oh my God! He posted I, it up. I, on I his... was there. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> we were in his hotel room. Uh, Stewart got a nice suite over at the Hotel Zachary. Well, that was room service, huh? And so it was room service. He decided to order a meat platter and some cheese. $56. $56, and it literally looked like they went to – they they picked it up at like uh, at uh, Aldi or something. It looks like they picked it up at Mets Minor League Campus where they picked it up because, like, you know, that's what reminded me of it. I mean, it was pretty paltry. Just a couple of slices of salami. Some dried apricots. For oh, fifty six I didn't know if it was infused with something to make me feel better later, but no, nothing, man. God. It was it was just crappy meat and cheese. A couple saltines. Oh, it was <laughs> bad, dude. It, it, that was pathetic. They got to up their game if they want to be. I mean, that's supposed to be a fancy hotel. It was a beautiful. The room was beautiful. That for fifty six dollars was a joke. It was so bad I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Well, you know, rich people, especially the Ricketts, who own that hotel. So we we were at uh, we were at Lucky Young. Doors. My guys at Lucky Doors. If you ever by Wrigley, give them stop by and go say hi. But uh, they have this great uh, apple cider drink with bourbon and honey. You know, it was really cold on Friday, so I'm like, we got to warm ourselves up. 
And then Stuart guys, Stuart, you know, he texts us, Hey guys, you know, I just ordered this platter of appetizers, man. You guys got to come over and try this stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> and we come over there, like, what the hell is this? Just a saltine and a freaking little yeah, bit like, of string cheese. It looked <laughs> it was, like those freaking Lunchables you used to get when you were a kid. It duly did. It looked like fucking Lunchables. They just like emptied a couple of plastic containers of Lunchables out of, out of, and it was on like a plastic tray too, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying to remember it, what it didn't. It wasn't even on a plate, like an actual. It was looked like a black plastic, like styrofoam plate. Uh, well, anyway, the Cubs did sign Jason Kipnis, so I mean, there is a battle at second base. You got steroid Horner coming in, uh, and then you got Kipnis, who you know he's he's there early. Are they early technically now? No, they're on time now. They're supposed to be there right now, right? The players. Uh, they were, I think what, Monday is really kind of like the first, isn't the Monday the first official day? Yeah, yeah. I think Monday is the, is the drop dead date. Okay. So the, a lot of these guys are showing up early and you know, it's, so Kipnis is in there. They, they're asking him about, uh, how he feels playing for the Cubs, trying to get him to say, oh, there's a life to a long dream. I grew up a Cubs fan and stuff, but he actually was like. Yeah, it might be tough, like, walking around seeing some of this 2016 World Series championship stuff. But it was four years ago. I'm kind of over it, you know. And I'm like, dude, just say it's your lifelong dream to play for the Cubs. And so we like you. Don't, you know, go on. Once again, we called him it back in the day, the worst Cubs fan in the history. <laughs> and he's not doing anything to dispel that, um, well, now not myth. An actual fact he is... A, it's a fact he is the worst Cubs fan in the history of Cubs fandom. So, but I hope he, I, and I kind of hope he doesn't make the team. You know, I mean, uh, I think that, you know, he would have been a great player to have on the Cubs in 2016, but we didn't need him. He's the poor man's Ben Zobrist. I'm really rooting for Nico Horner. Um, you know, I hope he doesn't have to pee in the cup soon. There's uh, a lot of second basemen that are going to be at camp. There's, there's, you got Robel Garcia. Who's the one that we got from Milwaukee? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Arias. No, no. Um, uh, the um, uh, Ernan Perez. Exactly. Yep. Ernan. It, it really does feel like they do not want Nico Horner. Yeah, they're like going to try everybody yeah. else out. Like first, it, yeah. it's one thing if you bring in one guy, maybe two guys for. Uh, you know, two guys even kind of pushing it for competition. But when you bring in as many guys as they have that could possibly be second base, I mean, they could also put Bodie there. They could also put Hap there. They could fucking the there's eight million guys on this team that could play second base. Javi, that, it, it, <laughs> I don't think they will put those guys there. I'm just saying that that is those are other options that they have. Like you know, I've been talking about this for a while. I don't think they want to start him out. I think we will see Nico Bryant as a Cub sometime this year. They just don't want to. Start. Did you call him Nico Bryant? Nico Bryant. <laughs> because Nico they're going to hold him down for fucking twelve days. Oh, Nico Horny. <laughs> yeah, well, they want to love uh, Nico. I think a little bit longer time because yeah, I think they are going to keep him down because what do they need? Another ten days or something? Yep. Service clock on that dude? Why not? They won. 
They're like Donald Trump not getting impeached. They're like, oh, we fucking won that shit. Here we go. I think I think more than anything with that, it's it's they they I think they wanted to have him have a certain amount of time at double A, then triple A, and then with the injury to Addison Russell last year, they called him up before they really wanted to. So they I think they're just gonna kinda take their due diligence on this one. Nobody is disputing you at all, Crawley. Yeah. But when he showed up it kind of seemed like he had it under control. Like, you know, it's one thing to have a plan for somebody, but when you have to put him up there and, you know, uh, the same thing they did with Schwarber. Yeah, but that didn't they, work. If you remember. just wanted to give him a couple of chances at the big league. So they brought him up on a, like that Cleveland series. And then they, you know, then they ended up bringing him up back up a little bit later, but he played his way on the team. Wilson Contreras. They wanted to give him a little taste. He played his way onto the team. Nico Horner, he didn't play his way off the team last year. And I get, like, that was such a short thing. Yeah, you still want to, you know, you don't want to put all your eggs in that basket without making them work for it. But it seems a little bit like they don't even want him to do that this year at all. Like when you talk about Chris Bryant, he is a rare breed of a kind of guy that just came up here and just destroyed it and never looked back. That's not what the norm, normally a lot of times what happens, and it even happened to Rizzo when he was in San Diego. Is you give him a taste, they do okay, and then all of a sudden the league figures you out if they get enough time, and then it's a question of adjustments. So uh, if you remember when Mike Fontenot first came up with the Cubs, the dude was absolutely amazing, and uh, Ron Santo used to call him Little Babe Ruth. And, you you know, wow, look at this guy we found, Mike Fontenot. And then after a while, they started to figure out what he couldn't hit. And, and he became an average and a little, probably slightly below average second baseman. But I think they're just trying to take their time and be careful. I don't know if he played his way off the team, but that was a small sample size. He gave them a little shot of energy that they needed. Um, you know, and like I said, if all of a sudden he starts killing it in uh, AAA or wherever he starts out, he'll be up. It's not a worry about that. Yeah, and I and I do think that they might, unless he just has a totally monster spring. And even if he does have a totally monster spring, I don't know if he makes the team. Um, yeah, but, and that's what I'm saying. I'm, you know, I feel like they just don't want to to do it. It, fe- yeah. it feels like they don't want him up there right now, and they want to hold him down. For another year, regardless. Yeah, I don't know about the whole year, but yeah, I think he'll be up. And you're going to get, I mean, considering that all these, you know, second basemen that they're hiring are in their 30s, somebody's going down with an injury. He'll be up, but it might <laughs> it might be because of the same reason as last year. But uh, um, yeah, somebody's getting the gout. One thing that Kipnis said in his in his interview that I caught was he's like, I don't have to hate the song Go Cubs Go anymore because it'll mean a, a victory. And I was like, no, no, you could still hate Go Cubs Go and still enjoy the victory. It's fine with me, Jason. Because- yeah, lots of people sing it in the stands and then go home and like, I fucking hate hearing it. <laughs> yeah. How, where do you come down on Go Cubs Go, Crawley? I, I am absolutely 100% pro Go Cubs Go, man. Uh, you, you know, obviously, I know your post office that you go to, Danny, the Steve Goodman uh, post office. It's just, I think I've been conditioned like Pavlov's dog that when I second I hear that song, I, it automatically makes me happy because when I sing that song, it's at a happy place with 40,000 of my best friends swaying around with my W flag drinking a beer. So. Yeah, and Danny, you like it in those situations, right? At the end of the game when they've won. Well, sure, I, but I mostly like that they won, and um, right, it's, but it's, it's that's a, part of the celebration. It's here's my thing: 
it's not a great song. Steve Goodman will probably tell you it's not a great song. And if he knew, you know, I, like I'm having this experience right now because uh, I, I released to some of the Patreon supporters that, that I'm working on something now. It's going to be fucking amazing because it's coming with a video, a little uh, teaser here. But I'm doing a Love Boat parody theme for the Cubs, the Cubs boat. And it's going to have video and all the shit. It's going to be fucking awesome. And we're going to release it Friday. So just a little teaser there. But, you know. I've made things that have gone viral before that I haven't been, you know, completely, totally happy with every single moment in that, you know, whether I sang it a little off or, you know, whether my guitar was a little out of tune. And I've been embarrassed later on when I'm like, oh, I should have done the best thing that went viral. But instead, I released this thing and I I should do better and be more specific because I knew it was fucked up. I put it out anyway. Right. I feel like the best things don't go viral, though. Well, you know, as we talk about this, and then we're talking a little bit about Steve yeah, Goodman true. here. The that, classic that's what I'm talking about, Steve, that Steve, yeah. Steve Goodman knew that this song was going to be the fucking one he, he's known for. He would have been like, I would have written a better song. When you talk about Go Cubs Go, though, the, the best song when you talk Cubs-wise that Steve wrote was a dying Cubs fan's last request. By far. By far the best song that he wrote. And this is coming around the time that uh, Dallas Green was coming in, and he wanted to change – you know, he was really one of those first guys that really wanted to change the lovable losers culture of the Cubs. He wanted to, you know, change that around. And so he he hated that song, A Dying Cub Fan's Last Request. Remember, you know, the doormat sure. of the National League. Yeah, it's and in the chorus. he wanted something changed, and, and he did it. And just the whole idea of that song about, uh, you know, all the there's a lot of Cubs players that are singing the background, the go Cubs, go. And it just kind of has that vibe that it was just done. A bunch of friends had a couple beers. They, they turned on the mics and they recorded it. Just has that great feel to it. And then the whole story of how Goodman passes away, uh, September 20th, 1984, you know, just passed away right before he got to see the Cubs, you know, in the playoffs. He never saw the Cubs in the postseason in his lifetime. Yeah, well, they would have killed him anyway that fucking year with that Padre series. You go up two games to nothing, kick the shit out of him in game one, and then you can't even freaking win one game in San Diego. That would have killed him anyway. Right, and so it was WGN Radio. They they at the time this is we're talking nineteen eighty three, nineteen eighty four. They would play "It's a Beautiful Day for a Ball Game," which was from the nineteen sixties. They still play that before the game. Right. Uh, this is we're talking WGN radio. So the, right. the, the so right before you like you know how they like what it uh this is what you came the new one that they got with uh Matt Spiegel. This is what you came here right. for. Right. So you that whatever that that's home. so in nineteen eighty four they're still playing that nineteen sixty song to, you know, lead into the Cubs game, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so they were looking for something different and, and, and so, you know, here we go. Boom. Well, I, I don't know. I, I think Go Cubs Go is a contextual song. If you're sitting in the stands and the Cubs just won and that song comes on, it's fun. Yeah. You en- you enjoy being a part of the moment and everything. I don't think anybody is just sitting around their house like, uh, you know, Alexa, play Go Cubs Go. Oh, there are people. <laughs> I am one of those people, yeah, man. Uh- I- both of my kids before the age of two knew how to sing that song. And, and again, Gary Matthews, Jay Johnstone, Jody Davis, Keith Moreland, all of them on the song. Absolute classic. And, and when we go to Cubs convention, we go to bingo on Saturday, we play, we get blasted. And then we head over to uh, Lizzie's and they have karaoke on Saturday night. And we sing go Cubs go again. 
just for fun. Yeah, I, I, I am not on like the I hate the Go Cubs Go with a passion. I think we're stuck with Go Cubs Go, um, you know, but I, I must admit that like I'm kind of I'm just sick of it. Like I don't really sing it anymore at the game. Like I do it, I do it. Like you say, in certain contexts, if I'm there with like my sister's kids or my mom, who don't go to a shit ton of games, you know, then they can't wait to sing "Go Cubs Go" if we get to sing it, and they'll even talk about during the game. Oh, I it's a close game, and they'll be like, "Oh man, I hope they win because I really want to sing Go Cubs Go." And that's like for my kids and my mom and stuff like that. For myself, like sitting out there in the left field corner. I'm not necessarily like, oh, I can't wait to sing Go Cubs Go. Like I, right. I'm like halfway out the door, drinking a beer, just looking around. Well, the, the experience is always different for people who are there constantly. Yeah, I'm you there know? constantly, and I will, I will every time they say, uh, stamp your, uh, clap your feet, and stamp, uh, stomp your feet, and clap your You're hands. Stomping. I'm stomping my feet. I'm clapping my hands. Do do do. Uh, I, I'm not I, until it's over. I will sing every last line of that song the day <laughs> um, I die. Do you think that the Ricketts go full Rob Manfred and do not use Go Cubs Go anymore because it mentions WGN? They'll make them change it. Well, they just won't. They'll be like, you can't play that song at the end. If the crowd sings it, they'll have to sing it without accompaniment because there's a WGN reference and they want everybody to be thinking about the marquee sad story that just shows Steve Goodman's luck versus the Ricketts luck is the uh, Goodman family sold it to the Cubs in 2015. The rights. Ah, to Ah, shit. <laughs> uh, so they so, can do whatever they want to it. I, I wonder very quick as you know, I was, you know, you can catch it all on MSN, maybe marquee sports network. You can just go, Hey, Chicago, what do you say? The Cubs are here on Marquee. Yeah, I don't, I don't think <laughs> do that, think? uh, I don't think there's a Ricketts family member that's going to mention MSN ever. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it, well, what they could do is just, uh, thinking about it is they could just cut the verses. Right. Just you could they, just do the course. They could just they, loop like, only go Cubs go with nothing. They, they they would yeah they would just start the bump dump 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 bump dump dump go right to the course go Cubs go and they, they wouldn't start with baseball seasons underway and people get used to that they're like that's all a part they know like half the people don't even know the verses anyway. Oh yeah, and half the people are drunk and they don't even realize that the song's going until go Cubs go comes up. But I, I think people would be mad if they changed it at all. I'd be furious. Yeah. Oh, exactly. of course, including people would be mad. But as we know, fucking the Rickets don't give a shit if people are mad about something. They're like, oh, well, you'll like it next year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What did, what did he say? Oh, yeah, next year that. you won't be booing the Marquee Network. There's something about. Can wait, let me put this. What like, you got against Go Cubs Go? Yeah, what do you got against Go Cubs Go? <laughs> right, understand. turn it on the fans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, well, let's move that, on. With, there's an obvious T-shirt for you. What do you got against, against Go, Go Cubs Go? Go. Uh, I, I'm trying to get uh, uh, Joe from Obvious Shirts to make a shirt that just simply says, I am wearing a shirt, which is the most obvious of obvious shirts, but he won't make right. it for me. So, Ooh, how about I'm naked underneath? I'm naked under this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I want to make some shirts. I, I need to make a Rob Manfred hates baseball shirt. So that what look for that soon. I'm, I'll make that soon. We, maybe we just need to do uh, a T public site. I'll uh, look into it. I'll okay. try and set it up because then we don't have to fucking. Then it's just out there and people can go and buy it if they want, and we don't have to fuck with it. No, no, that's what I'm talking about. I put it on yeah. Amazon. I got Amazon merch. They put it out. I don't deal with it. Every, oh, okay. Everybody's happy. So, uh, do you know who else is happy? Fucking the birds living inside Mike Napoli's beard. <laughs> Did you see? This dude was barn raising with the Amish all fucking <laughs> winter in Pennsylvania because that motherfucking uh, that dude is like in witness the movie. Now I'm, I know I'm dating myself with '80s movie wet re- references of a movie that was semi popular, but the facial hair is out at spring training. Uh, John Baker has grown a mustache. I saw that. Yeah. You know, I think about Mike Napoli's beard has birds in it, and so does uh, Juliana Zobris's Christmas tree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, is Juliana Zobris' Christmas tree actually Mike Napoli's beard? That's who she was cheating with? Oh. Uh. Yeah. Well, they're having fun at spring trading. I mean... I, I like that this team, like Napoli being a catcher, the Cubs really stocked up on catchers. They got a lot of new coaches this year. Um, I, I feel like it's, it, it, you know, I was thinking about this in terms of like how things are definitely going to be different than like Madden's dumbass slogans, which he was totally running out of by year five. Like, <laughs> do, you, do you think by year five, Madden was like, man, I fucked up starting this thing? Yeah, he's like, God, what do I think of it? It's like, inserts. Insert slogan here, um, but Google it's, slogan generator. Yeah, Google slogan generator. But it's like, you know, I, I think about like maybe having a bit of a Rossi bump, and just like switching shit up on these guys that have been together. They've kept the core together. You well, they're gonna have a Rossi bump. The Rossi dick, dick bump. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Rossi dick bump. But maybe it's a win bump. You know what I mean? And that, you know, these guys, they start practicing together. They start playing together. You know, you got uh, the, the Pitch Lab going on. Welcome to Pitch Lab. Bienvenidos a Pitch Lab. So you got that going on. You got all this new shit. Uh, you know, you got Chris Bryant singing songs on guitar this year. You got all sorts of new shit going on. And I, and I feel like there's, there, if they can create some sort of uh, synergy right now with all these dudes around... A little bit of fresh blood, you know, coming in and you're, you know. Right. Pardon the interruption, but you're not a Patreon subscriber. All those people listen early and ad-free. You're getting this late and with ads. So uh, if you would, when you buy stuff, you know, like stuff you buy, you know, stuff like tickets, um, Cubs gear, and I don't know, things you buy on Amazon, maybe uh, Reebok shoes, if you buy those. Well, you can find them all at sunranto.com slash shopping. And if you're buying stuff anyway, you might as well buy it through us. So if you stop at shop at StubHub, go to sunranto.com slash shopping. You click on our little StubHub ad and we get a little bit of money. That's That helps the show. That helps me stay alive and it helps Michael. Well, I can't tell you what Michael needs help with. Uh, you know, I don't want to get him in trouble with the law. But uh, we have an Amazon search bar there. If you would, you shop at Amazon, search through our search bar. It doesn't cost you an extra cent. And then we get a little bit of money when you shop at Amazon. So it, it all helps us. If you could buy, you know, if you want to buy uh, some Cubs gear, 
from MLB Shop where we got that. I mean, just scroll around there at sunranto.com slash shopping. But uh, really, I'd rather you become a Patreon sub- uh, supporter so you never have to listen to an ad like this again. Wouldn't that be cool? Dollar a month. It's all it costs. Buys one of us a beer a year. $3 a month. Buys each one of us a beer a year that do this show. And we really appreciate it. But you also get it early at ad-free. Patreon.com slash sunranto. Sunranto.com slash shopping. Back to the show. Well, and and Rossi is seems like he's acting more like a coach. Like he's... You know, he, he's standing in there saying, you know, let's do specific things all the time. Everybody's doing it. You know, it's not a, you know, Madden by the end was co- sort of, you know, like, hey, you know what you need to do. Go ahead and do that. Madden, and Rossi's like, no, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Let's do these things. Madden didn't give a fuck by the end of last year. Do you remember? But this kind of sounds like the plot line of uh, Major League Two. Where uh, all of a sudden, you know, in the original Major League, they're just a bunch of young, scrappy kids, and they come together. And in the second movie, they're all kind of Hollywood. You know what I mean? They're all yeah. big time. They're all doing their own thing. That you know, some of the things that I've seen uh, Ross do, where he's kind of pairing people up. Like I know that uh, Quintana and Alzale was one 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 pair that he kind of had working. So that kind of the older guys are kind of teaching the younger guy things, and those type of things. I really kind of enjoy watching what uh, Ross is doing right now. Yeah. Well, and I like, you know, one of the things that Cubs fans have kind of been going nuts over for the last few years is all the tinkering. And Rossi is coming out saying, maybe tinkering's not the best idea. We're going to try and figure out something that works and stick with it. Yeah, I think you tinker throughout the year. You have to because of 162 games and people right, getting banged up. Right, but not game but, to game. Oh, no, not like a guy batting first. Now he's batting eighth. Now he's playing left. Now he's catching. Like, you know, it's like, it, come it, on, dude. It was a little ridiculous throughout Madden's tenure. Like, And, again, early on it seemed like he was, you know, generating wins with that stuff. And then by the end it just seemed like a big – like a gimmick well early on they were stacked with players you know early on you had (laughs) you know you know everybody on including david ross on this team who you could plug in there there's your backup catcher right and everybody just wanted a chance to get out there and prove themselves because they're young and they were on fucking minor league deals and they were trying to make the bigs well you also got fowler out there you i mean they were stacked you got benzo i mean talk about who you know who's gonna play second base i don't know javi or ben zobrist (laughs) you know like both all-stars, you know, come on. They were stacked. So, you know, yeah, Joe Madden looks like a fucking genius when all his players are freaking, you know, first-round draft picks and, like, you know, 30, 40 home run guys. They make me look like a genius with a team like that. You know, I could do whatever I wanted. But it didn't work out towards the end when he had worse players. Well, I, I'm going to disagree there. I, you know, I saw that uh, he. I thought he managed really well. Not the the last year. I think was tough when he was in that lame duck year. But the year before that, I thought he did a great job considering all the injuries and all the problems. He was able to keep that team together. You know, just because you have talent doesn't mean you're going to win sometimes, and we've seen that. And no matter what happens, you can say it was the players. You could say it was Theo. However you look at it, in the record books, Joe Madden's the guy, the first manager to win a World Series with the Cubs in 108 years. And you can't take away what he did. Now, maybe the message has got, had gotten lost after five years. Maybe, you know, there was a lot of uh, disagreement between the front office and Joe. However it goes, it goes, you know. But well, there I, was... I, there was I don't disagreement have, Yeah, this apparently week. that news yeah. dropped this week. <laughs> yeah. Right, but I don't ever want to take away from what Joe did because, and, and even Theo. Crowley, I'm not doing yeah. it. 
I'm I am not doing that. I am saying though, but but just fucking deifying somebody because they did the one thing in in 15 and 16 that was amazing, and even 17 was a good run. Like that doesn't mean that Joe was great at all times. No, nobody's great at all times. If you're a manager, you're great. Right, but it, I feel like every time somebody says something about Joe, you get these people to come back. Well, you can't fucking say that because Joe was the best ever. I just think Joe Joe has gotten a lot of shit by people that forget how bad the Cubs were. That's all. I th- I blame Theo over Joe because I mean this is what Joe said this week, and Theo did not uh, I I guess dispel any of this rumor, and it's also everything that we talked about last year that Joe Madden used to be able to do what he wanted to do, and he was like, yeah, man, que pasa nada, you know, n- you know, everything's cool, you know, just do your work, you know what you need to do, show up when you want, American Legion week, pajamas in the airplane, you know, that's Joe Madden, here's my slogan, here's a t-shirt, let's pet a zoo animal, and then... You know, all of a sudden, Theo's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You've already blown through your clown budget, Joe. You've already blown through the magician budget. Like, you know, let's get serious and let's actually look at spin rates in the pitch lab. And Joe's like, ah, pitch lab, fucking nerds. He's like, you know, and and uh, then uh, Theo's like, no, what we need is. A lot of guys sitting in front of me with iPads. And Joe Madden doesn't <laughs> even use an iPad uh, except uh, to possibly watch old, uh, you know, I love Lucy runs curb your enthusiasm, curb your enthusiasm, whatever he likes to do or look up uh, artists. But, uh, you know, I just think there was a total disconnect between what Theo wanted from his entire top down organization, which obviously because he fired everybody, and got a bunch of new people this year as soon as he could. So, you know, he and that and that the disconnect there was Joe in the middle being like, yeah, yeah, you know, I basically invented, um, you know, advanced stats. You know, the sh- you know, Joe Madden invents the shift because he's like, that eh, makes more sense to shift. And then, you know, and he just kind of stopped there. Joe Madden invented, you know, using, pos- not invented, but, you know, used position players pitching in a very valuable manner until it got annoying. And I feel like, you know, Joe said this week, hey, man, half the – Half the way through this year, I was out of there. And, you know, that ruined last year because you got a man- lame duck manager already knowing that he's fucking gone by the end of the oh, year. We all knew we, he was we gone. We knew that when they didn't extend him after 2018. Oh, yeah. and, right. And, and players knew it, too. And and, and, and the players knew it because they're like, all of a sudden you got, you know, some. Uh, a lot of guys sitting in front of him with new, iPads. There's a new guy with an iPad in front of you telling you to change your swing. And Joe's like. Eh, maybe listen to the guy, maybe not. Why don't you come by later, Ian Happ, and have a glass of wine with me, and we'll look at some Salvador Dali paintings. Yeah, it, I mean, I think Joe was doing all the right, like pressing all the right buttons, nailing it in 2015, 2016, but then there needs to be an evolution. I mean, you have to grow with where the guys are, and I think possibly – he missed out on a little bit of that. Like he was just like, well, it worked so well before it should continue to work, but everybody's lives change, things change. And, you know, it seemed like he needed to more actively bring them together. Whereas when they were younger, they were just always together because they didn't have anything else to do. 
Yeah, and then now the guys got married, and some of them had had children. Of course, they're on the road, so they want to FaceTime with their kids and check in every day. And, and some and, of them are in court. You know, it's, some it's of them had multiple children with multiple families. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which that takes even more time. Let's face it. But you know, there's just a, a lot going on for these guys. They've matured, and it, and it is the kind of thing if if you've ever been a part of a you know a team or a like for me, it's like a band. You know that you just. There would be a point after like five, six years, like writing music with the same guy that I was like, I'm so fucking sick of hearing that guy's fucking editing voice in my head. You know, it, like it runs its course. It runs yeah, its and course. If you yeah. guys don't talk about it and don't evolve, then it's going to end after that five or six years rather than trying to keep it going. Yeah, and baseball does nothing but evolve. You know, right. it's every year. It's a day. I mean, shit. We don't even know what, if we're going to get the Super Bowls this year. You know, for home run balls like baseball evolved real fast last year when they fucking went out there and uh, allowed foul balls or or, or check swings to become home runs. Yeah, me, I really hope they fucking fix that. But to me, the biggest thing about it, the biggest story is is was the failure of player development. And once that started happening, you start throwing money after money trying to fix those problems. And the Cubs in 2015 and 2016 even to a degree in 2017, we're blessed with really good health. In 2018 and 2019, they weren't. And I don't care who you are. If you're going to lose Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and Javi Baez to injury, you're not. You're going to lose a lot more games. That's just what's going to happen. Yeah. And and, 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 and and I don't think that has any, you know, do I think that maybe, you know, Joe's tenure here had kind of come to an end? Yeah, I, I, would, I would argue that. Do I say Joe Mann was the perfect manager? No. But I think the problem's delve way deeper than than anything Joe Madden did or didn't do and I feel like the way I think that the way that Joe was kind of treated at the end especially 2018-2019 by uh, Theo and stuff like that I just thought it was kind of I don't want to say disrespectful but you're you're looking at a guy here that had what four seasons of 90 plus wins made it to the postseason every year that he was the manager and then he has to have a prove it year like you, you'd really say like, I have to prove what to you? What has to be proven to well, you? Right. But what want? if it, but obviously Theo had a direction he wanted to go and he's in there talking to Joe and they're button heads about it. Then it's really hard when you're trying to work together and one of you or both of them, you know, maybe, maybe Theo comes in and, and neither one of them wanted to, to budge at all. Right. You know, then, it's it becomes a toxic atmosphere. I mean, so when you look at that last press conference of the year in St. Louis, and I remember it, we were there because Danny was we were doing a roundtable uh, that day, and they were doing this the press conference and all that stuff, and and it was Joe and Theo, and they both had a beer in their hand, you know, and hey, you know, it was time for both of us. Da 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 da. To me, it kind of say that seemed like two parents explaining to their kids that they're getting a divorce, <laughs> but they still love you and they still love each other. <laughs> and then now what we're starting to hear is more like, hey, yeah, you know, your mom had uh, somebody on the side and, uh, you know, she, she kind of she threw out my baseball card collection. And now you're starting to hear kind of some of the stories of what really happened. Well, but it's not anything that is a surprise to, I think, any of us because we knew there was a disconnect. Now, the specifics of it, I think we could have guessed that as well. Like it, it definitely seemed that, you know, Theo was meddling within Joe's game. Now, here's the thing that why I blame Theo and it's living in the past, but 
if you know you're going to try to start meddling in and uh, in it and kind of gear up the works for Joe Madden and try to make him do things differently, then what you do is you get rid of Joe Madden before last year starts. You know, and I know that they were trying to give him some swan song. Well, then let him do him because it did seem like throughout the year that they just weren't giving Joe like. I don't know, the, the the kind of carte blanche to do what he wants anymore. Maybe that has to do with, like, fucking up Morrow by pitching him wrong. You know, I don't know what what was the, you know, the it might have been a lot of, you know, death by a thousand cuts sort of thing where they just got more and more annoyed at him. But if you're that annoyed and you're going to start meddling in a, in a Hall of Fame manager's, you know, I think he probably deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fame manager's, uh, you know, methods and style, just fire him. Don't trot him out there and try to get him to do something else that he's not comfortable with. So I got to be careful how I word this, but um, what's the best way to put this? I would say that uh, maybe that was talked about and there was no way that Ricketts was paying for two managers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> especially when especially when Joe was the highest paid manager in baseball. Yeah. He's like, I'm not paying that guy $5 million to not manage. But but I don't know. Theo's still in in there, like being like, "Hey, Joe, I got this new thing called Pitch Lab. You're gonna love it." And uh, Joe's like, uh, "Fuck Pitch Lab." <laughs> um, yeah, and they stuck him with a lot of new coaches too. Like they started kind of the train on this last year by even opening up Pitch Lab and hot and hiring Hotovy as the coach. Like I feel like that was a Theo hire, not like, "Hey, Joe, who do you want as pitching coach?" That's what it feels like to me. Um, did you guys see Sutcliffe? He's high on uh, Tyler Chatwood. Time to get excited. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's always been this idea of getting high. On, you know, that's why they signed him in the first place is because his stuff looks good. It just, the trouble is it never looks good in a game. Like it may look good on a side session or it may have the spin rate that's this or this and that. But if you're walking two or three guys in inning and hoping you get that double play Paul to get out of it. Every now and then someone's going to put a ball in play and you've put two or three guys on base. That's a problem. And yeah. I haven't seen him show me otherwise other than, uh, except in maybe very small spurts as a spot starter or reliever here and there. I definitely liked, I mean, they've painted themselves into a, we don't have a fifth starter cor- a corner. So you're going to see some Tyler Chatwood starts this year, whether it's going to be like, I'm wondering if they just kind of play the hot hand. You know, at this point and, you know, kind of piggyback some starts, you know, with Mills and Chatwood. And, you know, I I know there's a lot being made of like, well, who's going to be number five? And I'm like, like, I don't know, probably about eight, nine guys, <laughs> you know, is going to be our number five. Whatever, you know, for however many innings they can stick it out. But um, it would be nice if Chatwood lived it up to I mean, he's getting more than Quintana and, you know, he's getting paid like a like a fourth, fifth starter at this point. And it'd be nice if he could do it. I don't want to yeah. get into Tyler Chatwood, unless you guys have something to say about him. I just yeah. wrote well, down that Sutcliffe liked him, but Sutcliffe, Sutcliffe's drunk. We all know Well, this. if Sutcliffe liked him, that could be the, the thing that they're banking on to get him under the salary cap. Because if he pitches well, they can trade him. You know, and yeah, Sutcliffe you know, goes out on ESPN baseball tonight and he's out there and he's just like, oh, man, Tyler Chat or, or uh, 
Yeah, Tyler Chatwood, he's like, he's really looking good out there, you know, and it just like drums up his publicity and gets it going. Thanks, yeah. Scott. Yeah. And then and then if he has a couple of good games, they can move him and boom, they're under their that thirteen millions off the books and they're under their cap and all is right with the world and fucking unicorns and rainbows and all sorts of shit. Yeah. Well, we did get a, another uh, unicorn and rainbow coming back to the Cubs, which I'm super happy about, is uh, Mark Race was hired by Marquee. Marquee Network has hired more players than the Cubs have <laughs> this offseason <laughs> yes. by far. So, I, I, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm it, so when excited. I think about Danny, we talked about this with Mitch Williams when, you know, when we were 12 years old and that, and that team, you know, that 1989 team and Grace had one of his best years that year. He had the most hits of any player in the 90s. But, you know, it ended so poorly in 2000 and, uh, you know, with Grace. And there's a great interview on um, 670, the score that Danny Parkins did with Mark Grace. Um, but, you know, to see him back at spring training and there was some pictures on Twitter of uh, Mark Grace next to Anthony Rizzo, man. And it just gave me chills, you know, just to see that together because he was such a big part of the Cubs in the 90s. And. And he was always such a kind of like a fun guy. And I know all the stuff that's come out about him and this and that. But you know what? He was just a ball player, and that's what he was. And, a, and, he, and, and I liked the way that he played. I like, he was a great fielder, great hitter. You know, when you talk about OBP, uh, you know, getting on base, you know, that was a guy that was just amazing at being able to do it. So he's coming back to Chicago, doing the marquee. Uh, his debut is going to be the Cubs home opener. So he'll be on marquee for the five of you that can watch the channel. Uh, it'll be the <laughs> debut of Mark Grace, so it's going to be great to just have him back in the fold. I saw him; he came back to one Cubs convention since 2000. That was he came back in uh, 2007, so that was the first time he came back, um, not as a player to CubsCon, and he's just a great guy to have in in the fold again. So I'm really truly happy about that. I've often wished that he was. I mean, and I love Coom Dog, kinda. I mean, you know, but I Mark Grace has been broadcasting for Arizona, and I know he won a World Series with them, but I really wish that he was, uh, you know, well, now he is back in the back in the booth. Now, the question is, though, are they going like five man booth? Opening day. I mean, is Mark Ray, is it going to be JD and Mark Ray? Said no. My my know. understanding is everything is going to be very just. Just keep thinking of uh, Doug Glanville's role, where like okay, he's going to do pregame, and then like every now and then they'll shoot it down. They'll, like there'll be like an inning where like they'll kind of shoot down to him, or maybe he'll be in the booth. I don't know. It won't be an all game. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's going to be in there, and then he would do post game. You know, like so in the fourth inning. You know, remember how Doug would be like by the Cubs? Uh, sure dug out or something and he kind of, you would just kind of hear him piped in as as and as jd and uh len were talking so i see something like that happening yeah then they'll have lou Pinella out there in the bleachers with like a giant beer with his man boobs out it'll it, it's all gonna happen it just seems like i mean there's like 15 16 people doing the job of basically what like de jesus and kaplan and a JD and um, Len Casper did last year. Four guys that basically did the job, maybe five, if you count like a, a Glanville or a Kelly Kroll, five, six. And now they've got like 83 people. And I'm not even exaggerating. Like you look at that marquee list. It is 
It, they got everybody, and I don't know how they're going to rotate they, people. It's just like they're throwing a lot of shit on the wall. No, what but, but what's going to be, it's it's going to be a rotation. So you're not going to see Mark Grace every day. That's not happening. So you may have Mark Grace for a couple of days, and then Sutcliffe would come in for a couple of days. And then, oh, so out. it's a five-man rotation on the network. Yeah. So on the network, <laughs> they're going to keep rotating the players in and out. So Grace technically still is going to have his job with Arizona. He hasn't given that job right. up yet. Yeah, he hasn't given it. But he wants – he's gunning for somebody. He's gunning for – Coom dog's job. What about JD's job? Sure, why not? But Len and JD are great together. But you know, I love about- Len and JD. I would love. I would much rather Mark Race take Coom dog's job. I think I'm, yeah. I'm more on the other end of it. You know, and and you got you know sometimes they say you know you got a good face for radio. You know, Mark Race is it, you know he just looks the part on TV. That's and, true. He know. is a handsome man. He is a handsome, handsome man. Is many, many, many. Cubs late, uh, Cubs female fans can attest that oh, we're around in the 80s and 90s. My sisters both had crushes on Mark Grace in the 90s, and one of them's a lesbian. <laughs> That's how handsome Mark Grace Mark Grace is beautiful. He's like, also has like kind of a womanly look to him, too. So you can even attract uh, a young little lesbian freaking little girl in the 90s. So way to go. Or no, I guess that would have been the 80s. Either uh, way, anyway. man, I think I, I think handsome that, uh, TV face. When you talk about TV, you kind of want to have some star power on that, especially if you're a new network. And I'm going to be honest, like you know, most people aren't going to be like JD, you know, like you know, the Cup fans that do like him and some of his dad jokes. But when you talk about a national presence, Mark Grace is, I think, more known and more kind of looks the part than JD. Yeah. I like JD. I like JD a lot. Has he given up drinking? Because being back in Chicago is not going to be good for him. I mean, um, my understanding is things are hopefully better. I think hope he learned his lesson. Uh, speaking of jail food and stuff like that, you know, he had a stint in the uh, slammer in Arizona. Yeah, so Sheriff Joe got to him wearing, yeah. the, wearing the pink pajamas out there. So I'm hoping, I'm, you know, you hope that everything's okay with that. But, you know. Well, everything that Mark Grace got arrested for in Arizona is completely doable on an afternoon in Wrigleyville and Man, not illegal at all. Maybe they give him one of those nice new fancy condos above uh, Sports World, or maybe they give him a nice condo. You know, maybe he can get the fifty-six dollar plate of cheese at the the Hotel Zachary. Yeah, yeah. The difference is in in Chicago, you can you can catch a ride everywhere you want to go. In Arizona, that shit's all spread out. Like, you know, it's like a twenty-minute drive to everywhere. Yeah, so easy to to get around Chicago. It'll be good for him, so he can get his drunk. So then we'll get drunk Mark Grace back, well, that's, which is even that's better. That's probably why we never heard of anything before that, because it was just easy to get around. Like he didn't have to fucking drive everywhere. Yeah. One I, once they put him out on those, and everybody who's been out to Arizona knows that those freeways get fucking confusing. Oh, yeah. I, I heard a story one time about Mark Grace in Chicago, and he was at, a, I believe it was at the Goodman Theater. Um, and uh, it was intermit. He went to a, a play there and he showed up shit faced. And at intermission of the play, he's just in the lobby and he lights up a cigarette. And, you know, you just can't light up a cigarette in the middle of the fucking theater lobby. You haven't been able to do that for 20 years. You know what I mean? So he lights up a cigarette. Somebody had to go over there and, like, <laughs> I guess he caused the seed because he didn't want to put a cigarette. I was like, what the fuck? I paid a ticket. <laughs> you know, just. You know who I am? You know who I am? Mark fucking Grace. I, lucky I came and saw your stupid fucking play. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, God. he didn't. I'm making shit up. This is part of the fake news that I complained about earlier in the show. One more commercial interruption because you're not a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash sunranto. We got to talk about my bookie again. And I'm looking here 
and the Cubs sit here at plus 2,400. Now, depending on what you think the Cubs are going to do with the luxury tax, you take this plus $2,400 bet. You know, my... I think that by the time that they middle around and they're still in the pennant race, they're going to add people. And Rickett's going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm going to make these bets come through. We're going to the playoffs. Plus $2,400 is going to pay off for somebody to win the World Series at mybookie.ag. So go over there and they will double your first deposit with the promo code CHAIR. Up to 1000 bucks. Promo code CHAIR. So uh, we thank them for sponsoring the Sun Ranto show, and um, but I'd rather you sponsor us, and then they wouldn't have to sponsor us, because then I wouldn't have to do stupid ads. Patreon.com slash Sun Ranto. Don't make me tell you again. Back to the show. Um. Uh, anyway, anything more to add about the Cubs out there stretching? You know, I think that uh, Rizzo had some very, very interesting quotes when he was kind of talking about certain things. Um you know, you're like I said, this is where I see this strike coming from. The players are being real vocal. And uh, Rizzo wasn't happy about the fact that even there was this talk about breaking up the, what the Cubs core is. And he basically was saying that he wasn't happy about the luxury tax, how, that, how the way that they were treating that as a cap. And he brought up that a lot of players are being screwed, which they are, especially in their younger years when they don't make a lot of money compared to what their value is. And he's, you know, when he was talking about players versus owners, he said there are billions and there are millions, and there's a big difference between the B and the M. You know what I mean? And, uh, and then, also about and, how. And then there's a BM. Yeah, there's. <laughs> and that's something totally different. But you know, and kind it, of the same. The the players are setting themselves up for this strike. They're getting ready, and they're and I think that it's smart for them to kind of let people know. That, hey, yeah, maybe Chris Bryant makes – I just saw this. Did you guys see about Alex Rodriguez wanting to buy the Mets? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, but if you think about how much Alex Rodriguez made in his playing career and he's married to Jennifer Lopez, they still don't even have a fraction of a, the amount of money needed to buy a baseball team. Yeah, That's yeah. how wealthy these people are that are owners. One, and sit there – and pretend for a second that that you should not that you should be on the owner's side over the players. I just I'll never get it. Yeah, I think that's where like social media is actually going to help the players in this because they, we, we like they can them. come straight to the fans through that and explain that no, we're not really being greedy. This is what's going on, and I think more people are more aware there's still a lot of people out there that just think oh greedy baseball players blah 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 well maybe they're all greedy i mean because in the end where are they getting the money from you and me everybody's cable bill is gonna go up so they can watch the cubs where they used to catch half the games for free with rabbit ears and then uh, on top of it you got it how much more is beer gonna be this year they already went from like eight dollars to twelve dollars like that's already happened to us now what do they want 13 they they say they lowered the ticket prices. They did not. They all went up, at least if you want to buy them from the t- from the team. So it's like, where are they getting this money from? It's us. So like, you know, the billionaires are like, oh, well, we got to charge this because the players want all this. It's like, what if everybody took a little bit less and like, actually, you made it affordable, at least sometimes on a on one Saturday a year for a fucking family of four to be able to go out there and not spend a week or two's pay but for that's people see, that are and now that's the difference between the billions and the millions the owners could totally do that yeah without even fucking blinking about 
these $300 million deals that are coming along. Like, that's the thing. They could let people in for free if they wanted to, and they they still would make money. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, how much are, you know... No, that's not necessarily true, but Chris Bryant said in the in the uh, in his press conference, you know, when they they told him that the Astros only got a five million dollar fine, he's like, "What?" And they're like, "Yeah, that's the max." And he's like, "Well, that needs to change." He's like, "That's what they make in like one game of beer." You know, I don't know if it's that. I mean, yeah, no. Like I said earlier, fifty million is the equivalent of five dollars out of a hundred. So what's that? Five million. It's. 50 cents, $1, yeah. whatever the fuck it is. So like fine. It's nothing. And the Cubs made like $3 billion last year. Yeah. So I don't know if that's true. But there's the whole shit has gone up triple in price. I don't know. We can't get back into it. We'll just relitigate the Ricketts has no money and fuck the Cubs. And we were actually almost positive for a moment there, kind of. <laughs> um, well, I, I think rules. we're all on the board of like, the. we're on the side of the players. Correct? Am I right. am I wrong? I'm on this? the side of me, is what I'm saying, <laughs> and that they have to fucking lower the prices for everything, and it's I mean it's just ridiculous. Like I turned down season tickets. That's something that it was. I mean, it wasn't like a dream of mine to have them. I just you know I, At I was one like, point. Been, I bet it was a dream, not a dream dream. You know what I mean? Like I probably could. It was like a little bit more in favor of it than not. But I didn't really. When I signed up, I didn't really know what it all entailed. Now I know what it entails, and I don't want them. But it still broke my heart because I know how people feel about them, and I feel like you're buying into something that's like a long tradition that I unfortunately have made the decision that is going away, like as like a thing, and it or at least it should go away because they're changing it. So the tickets are really expensive. But what if? I mean, Crawley, how much did you pay for your seats? Like, how many, like, percentage wise, less, like, in 2015? I'd have to take a look at the numbers, but from when, yeah, when I first got them to now, it's, it's, the amount is just absolutely unreal how much they've gone up. Uh, 2015. I'm I'm, I'm thinking a year that they, that they were maybe expected to start being competitive, have some good players, and they, I think they've probably gone up probably a couple grand. Yeah, a couple well, grand in five yeah. years. That's a lot of money. And it, I know and it's a and it's a huge percentage. So what I'm saying is like, oh, now it's a four hundred million dollar contract for this guy and, and this guy's gonna get nine billion and like that the numbers are going crazy and where does the money come from? Five dollars a month extra for three million people to fucking give you that money on your fucking cable bill. Uh, you know, now we're gonna sell you a hat every other fucking week for forty fucking dollars. We're gonna make money that way because everybody's addicted to this shit. You know, I mean, it's just like, where's the money coming from? The beer prices, the hot it all goes up and they get it from us. So maybe everybody needs to fucking slow their roll before they ruin an entire baseball season with a strike. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I don't know how you fix that. Like, you know, I don't know how you fix, like, because that's capitalism. We live in a capitalistic country and the whole idea is that we try to separate each other from the increasing money supply as they print and print and print down at the treasury you know to you know it's all debt it's all fake and like it but it, my money is real when i go and buy a beer for 12 dollars or 13 or 18 depending on where i am you know you know i wanted that's real money to me that's fucking cash out of my pocket that i earned and it's like a fair amount of my fucking yearly yeah i think there's there there 
they're getting real close to that pri- that tipping point as far as prices are concerned. So obviously the you know the the business people come together. What what do they think people are going to pay? And you know I think that we're getting real close to the point where average fa- fans are not going to be able to go to games more and more. And you're even last year. I mean, if you think about it, the Cubs were in it all the way till September. You know. But there were still tickets that you could buy. There used to be a time where you would never be able to get tickets like to like a Cubs Cardinals game in the summer, It'd be sold out. Oh and yeah. W- with with the secondary markets, the way they're going with StubHub and stuff like that, with all sorts of with, with again the prices just b- being very unaffordable for a family of four to go to a game. Yeah, I can take my kids to a game and my wife, uh, you know, in an April, you know, on a, at a one twenty on a Wednesday. But who the hell wants to do that? Well, well, who can and, do it? I it's can not do it. even like they have to do a ton with the dropping the ticket prices. That would be very nice. But uh, wasn't it the Atlanta? I believe it was the Atlanta Falcons owners cut all of their concessions by fifty percent or well, something like that. They're not going to do any moves like that, and I think they won't do it at all. But they're not going to make any moves like that until they do see that they've hit that tipping point. And unfortunately, even after they see it, it's still going to take another year or two before they fucking do anything about it. Prices don't go down. They never do. They never, ever do. They might, they're, they're going to, they'll stay the same and they'll be like, oh, it's, it's because of inflation. It's like a rebate. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck you. So, um, <laughs> right. Because inflation, everybody, everybody feels the inflation. In their paycheck, yeah, you know, the, the, and we always talk about how CubsCon doubled after they won the World Series, yeah. but then if they lose, that price isn't going down. Yeah, exactly. And then then they haven't won, even they weren't even in the playoffs last year, and the prices went up. So well, now the price is going to stay the same, but instead of uh, you know leaving the price the same, they're just going to cut the days. So it's going to be one day CubsCon still going to be a hundred fifty dollar ticket. Yeah. And so it'll cost them less. Yeah, that's how fucking capitalism works. I hope everybody's enjoying it. Uh, just to kind of bust in here about something we were talking about earlier, I just saw this come across the old uh, tweet machine here. Rob Manford says there's a memo coming out this week about throwing at batters. Oh. Discipline is going to be tougher. But he says it's not just based on the Astros. Yeah, oh, of oh, course okay. it's right. not. Oh. Of course not. Sure, Rob. You know what? The worst. From now on, we don't call him Rob Manfred anymore. His name is now uh, Todd Manfred. Like, he doesn't even deserve to get called his name. I'm done. Todd Manding. That's his new fucking name. (laughs) Todd Manding hates baseball. Um, So there's going to be an interview with Manfred on ESPN YouTube channel. Oh, I know. Today, right? I was almost going to make us push off our show so we could rip on Manfred. I'm like, ah, we got plenty of rip on. So he's going to talk about, these are the subjects covered, the Astros, player punishments, stripping titles, player immunity, Bellinger and Bauer, Trevor Bauer, you know, that that classic worst person in the world makes a good point. Oh, yeah. Uh, Him. I'm a a Bauer fan now because of this week. Like, he's fucking coming out of his face, and I'm I'm actually here for it. Did you hear about this in California, that uh, in California, two Little League teams, their league is not even having the name Houston Astros? Jim Crane's role, retaliation, and much more. So it's definitely going to be a must-see Musty oh, TV. Yeah. yeah, look into that. As soon as you're done listening to this podcast, which I assume you listen to as soon as I put out. At what point during Bud Selig's run as the commissioner did you think, 
man, these are great days. These I are the heady days around. of commissionership. <laughs> fucking, I'd take Kennesaw Mountain Landis over this fucking guy now. The well, ghost everybody of, would just because of the name. Yeah, it, even though he was probably he was probably a horrible racist. Oh, I'm was, sure. Uh, there was a lot of people looking into whether Rob Manfred has ever gone to a game just to go to a game. Like, are there any pictures of him that exist at a ballpark at any time? Just to go to a, just just to be a fan, you know what I mean? No, I don't. I it don't. is weird. I think Rob Manfred is the absolute epitome of the disconnect that owners of baseball teams have with the fans yeah, because yeah. exactly I think he's doing exactly what they want, and all of the fans, Rob, all of the fans, Rob Manfred's like it. face, it, or Rob Manfred embodies the face. Of that Tom Ricketts made when he was shocked when fans booed the Marquee Network. The Marquee Network. We had to get the Marquee Network. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he was shocked. He's like, "What? What? But you guys love TV, so I made TV for you." <laughs> and and Mon- Rob Manfred is like the same guy. He's just like, "It's like, well, our uh, our uh, our reports show that uh, the the pace of play and the game has gone up. So from now on, no more intentional walks." And people are like, "But well, I don't know. We kind of like intentional. I mean, I don't really fucking care about that. It's a bad thing." But like, thing after thing after thing, all his ideas are bad. Three batter minimums coming. I hate it. I think it's we, the we got we we, we got thing. the new list of new rules right here for yeah. twenty twenty. I got right new rules. I count them. You guys know that song? <laughs> I got new rules. I tell myself. Guess not. not, not yeah, I, I know it. I got kids. Yeah, Dua Lipa. It was a Diplo. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know Diplo. how to say her name, but um, yeah, new rules. Rob Manfred hates baseball rules. Uh, yeah, three batter minimum. That is official. But none of this is a, is a surprise. But the more I think now that it's here, it's going to hit us in the face. It's like, uh, I mean, I, I get the idea that, you know, oh, get rid of loogies. I don't really care about that. It's going to uh, provide more opportunities for guys with a greater tool set. Right. I, I'm, I'm not I, I'm not a big Rob Manford fan, but I, I kind of like the three batter minimum just because you know, I, maybe I'm old school. I just remember, you know, when you, you know, these pitchers used to go longer and without these bullpens. And so as somebody that goes to the game and all of a sudden you're sitting there, there's a pace to the game, you know, where you're sitting there the first, you know, the games are what, three and a half hours roughly, which I don't care about the time as long as the action's good. But when you get to the end of the game and all of a sudden I, I've seen like three, three to four pitching in, uh, changes in a game, in an inning, it just slows everything down and gets so freaking boring. It's just like, okay. It does right? it does suck. And those games stick out to you, you know, very, very strongly. But the reality is it happens very little over the whole thing because I was actually a three batter minimum, you know, proponent until I looked it up and started looking at numbers and started seeing, oh, it's it's even though you personally have that feeling because you've seen it a few times, we all have, and it is annoying. It's just, it is such a small percentage of the games, and it's not going to change hardly anything about these games except for that one game against – it was the fucking Giants versus the Cubs in September when they had 47 pitchers on each team. Well, and they did fix that because now you have to only have like the what is it, fourteen pitchers 
per, on your roster. You can only have 14 pitchers on your roster on a 28 active player active roster in September. So that's going to fix those games, like those Septembers where they where you got a bullpen full of like 26 guys. That's done. So they fixed that with that. So that's a good rule, I think. You know, um, it does give less of less opportunities to some of those guys on not very good teams to take a look at what their pitchers can do in major league action. But I don't know why I got to pay a ticket to to see that. And and I think that Len Casper had the best idea where he said you should have thirty man roster, but only twenty six can suit up for the day. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Like, why did all of a sudden you got this extra situation? And that's kind of what it's going to be. It's going to be 28 players on an active roster. Am I? It's not a 40-man anymore, right? Am I thinking of this right? Say it again. Well, it's going to be a 28-player active roster. That I don't th- feel like it is a four, uh, like a, you can have 40 dudes anymore. Right, you're not going to have those 40 dudes, no. Yeah, you can have 14 pitchers and 14 players. It just says here, from September 1st through the end of the championship season, including any tiebreakers, all clubs must carry 28 players on the active roster. In addition, uh, must. Maybe you can have more. But you get, clubs will be permitted to carry a maximum of 14 pitchers. So maybe you could have, like, you know, an extra speed guy or something. Like, you could have more dudes, but they have to be... They can't be pitchers, which is what you want. That's what they were abusing. So that's over. Yeah, the three batter minimum. My fear is that when it goes wrong, it's going to go very, very wrong. And, you know, it's going to go wrong for all teams, probably in an equal amount, unless they, you know, stupidly stacked their entire staff with loogies. Right, because the unintended consequence of this is going to be like, you don't like when they take so much time you know, this inning has been, you know, 45 minutes because we've gone through two pitching changes. And instead, they're going to switch to, uh, well, there's been, you know, uh, this pitcher's walked three straight guys. And now we've switched. And that guy walked three straight guys. And now we've switched again. And that's the longest inning ever. Yeah, exactly. It's going to get much, much longer, some of these innings, because if a guy doesn't have it and you just, you know, sometimes you know. And here's the problem is, like, a guy might not have it because, like, maybe his arm's sore from last night or whatever. But now they're going to sit there and stick him out there to continue to pitch, even if he might be a little bit injured. They have to stick him out there for three uh, batters because if they remove him because of injury, He's got to go on the DL for two weeks, 15 days. So now it's going to, the dudes are going to be out there pitching when they shouldn't be, you know, you, you know, because you're going to want to play through a tweak like that. Otherwise you're out for two weeks. Yeah. So now, I mean, I don't which, like any Which is it. a long time for the relievers and not so long, still not too long for the starters. It's three starts at least. Right. Three starts versus two. the two starts that they were dealing with before. It's two or three stars. It's bullshit. So just you know, to let you guys know real quick, this is also kind of going back to stuff we talked about earlier, is that Baez is talking to the media but not in the same setting of uh, KB as yesterday with the big table in the media room. He's just got a scrum of uh, the beat reporters around him with their microphones and everything out there. Oh, so. Well, so he, be, he uh, said he'd be grateful if he signed an extension for before opening day. He says his hand is fine but has not pay, faced live pitching in Arizona. 
uh, big emphasis on pregame preparation this season. Well, I mean, Javi really, I mean, he just gets better and better and better, it seems. I, I want, Javi's got an MVP season in him. And God, if if he has that in him this year and they can like, you know, kind of catch that lightning. I mean, I do feel like they have made a lot of changes and Javier Baez is now on the front end of like a leader. You know, he's the teaser. You know, there's no question about the shortstop position for him this year. You know, he's so talented. The instincts are there. I mean, this could oh, be – I want him to break out so hard. I, like, I watched that slow-motion video of him hitting balls the oh, other day. Yeah, come on. And it's like even in slow motion, Sexy. at one point during that swing, it speeds up to regular speed somehow. Like it's – and it was mesmerizing. I watched it for maybe like five minutes straight. And it's like a two-second video. I just sat there over and over and over watching the thing. Yeah, you miss baseball. Uh, I do, do. And, I, and specifically hobby advice, baseball. Yeah. So, uh, and then d- getting back to the last few rules. So, uh, no, actually, there's only one reduction in the challenge time. So, managers will now have only 20 seconds instead of 30 seconds to challenge the play. So, there's I no wish more looking they, backwards and uh, come on, look at it faster. Do we do yeah, it or you, not? You want to speed up the the pitchers? Give them only until the next pitch, right? So if the pitcher, fucking, the button, if yeah. something happens on the field, the team is going to be like, get the fucking ball back to the pitcher as soon as possible, and the pitcher is going to start pitching. So you're talking similar to like football where you run up to the line and yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the the pitcher just throws a fucking ball. Like the batter's not even in the box. He just fucking you know tosses so- a. You know, 45 mile per hour, just like a toss to the catcher. And it's like, oh, there's the pitch. Here's the thing that's always always bothered me about the replay rule in baseball is, and it's very similar to what happened in football. I listened one time to Brian Billick explaining the football. And what Brian said is he was on the committee and it was designed to overturn egregiously bad calls. And it wasn't being used like that. And I think in baseball, it's the same thing. They never had video rule, video rooms, quote unquote, that was just waiting for somebody to cheat on that. I'm sorry. You know, and Houston mm-hmm. did it, and, and, and we all talked about what dicks they are, but I'm sure they're not the only ones. You sit there and you have that temptation of being able to see what's going on there. If the manager thinks it was a bad call, then then challenge it. No waiting 20. And Joe used to do this, man, you know, put his hand up waiting to hold up before he wants to, and then everyone waits to see if he wants to challenge it or not. Fuck that. If you think it's a bad call, challenge it right away. If not, game on. Keep going. And get right. video rooms during the game. There should be no video during the game in the clubhouse at all. See, and, and and I've been saying this for a long time on this show. No slowing the fucking play down. Run it at full speed, whatever angle you want. If you see something at full speed, then make the change. If you can't tell that there's a problem at full speed, then there shouldn't be a problem. Listen to the guy that's on the field. Because I fucking hate when the foot bounces off the bag like... And that's just a momentum of the foot. Yeah, it just like it barely loses that's contact, and the guy keeps the tag on. Yeah, and you and there's no way you'd see that at full speed. No You're right. way. There's no way. Or if there's a play where the guy's hand, he's sliding in, and the hand is literally like one centimeter away, and the tag's on, and then, but you can only see it if you 
slow it down that much. No, just let the guy do it in full speed. If you can see it in full speed, then clearly the the call was that bad. Why don't you know they, what I mean? Why don't they have sensors in the in the in all the equipment? In the gloves, in the in the ball, in the shoes. You well, the have Astros it. have them under their jerseys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're already there, people. The future <laughs> is now. I'm just saying, you know, this is, you know, you're talking about technology and getting that. That's fine. I'm just saying that you can just make, you can get rid of this cheating scandal tomorrow. Rob Manford says there will be no more video rooms allowed to be used during the games. That's it. And if you want to challenge a call, you challenge it right away or don't challenge it. That's it. Yeah. Challenge it based on the what player on the field and what you have seen. Yeah, yeah. Make when when Javi gets up and he and he makes the 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 motion to put the headphones on. You know, do you are you going to trust him or not? Because they all do it because it looks cool on MLB the Show video game. Yeah, you know Which the cover boy for. Yeah, or they all call themselves safe at first base on that video game as well. <laughs> I know. It's it's really funny. Well, and the other thing they need to get rid of is I believe. I'm not 100% on these rules, but it's something like to you have a challenge until like the sixth inning or the seventh inning. And if you don't use it, then you lose it. And then you get another one. challenge. And then you could ask the umpires to right. Maybe then you look can ask, at it. have you ever fucking seen umpires just say, no, you're out of challenges. Just be the fuck out of challenges. God damn. Nothing is worse than you're into your fifth or sixth challenge of a game. And it's like, oh, no, these fuckers. Michael, there is something so much worse. That is, they are going to ruin the playoffs. As oh, you yes, know that. They are. 14 teams. Rob Manfred is making me to the point that I may not, I, I may just stop watching baseball someday. I can see it coming. 14 teams playoffs. That's going to do it for you. That's the straw. It really is. Not universal it, DH that you hate so that's much. That's the straw that's going to fucking kill everybody because nobody gives a shit anymore about the regular season. They act like, well, they'll keep fans in the game watching longer because the Orioles are still mathematically in it. No. <laughs> What's going to happen is nobody's going to give a shit until the playoffs. And the playoffs are going to have to be fucking three months long. Like they are in the goddamn the NHL and the NBA have the worst playoffs ever. Like there's no point in even watching until like late June. And they they fucking the end of the season was in May. And it's like two months of bullshit games. And then finally you're like, well, these are actually good teams at this point. It seems like it would give teams that are okay, average teams, no reason to try to improve. When? Oh, yeah. No, the Cubs would have no reason to do a fucking thing right now, and nobody would be complaining about it because they would have been in the playoffs last year, and everybody had been like, well, they were in the playoffs. You know, I I, I think that the Cubs – not the Cubs, the postseason, MLB postseason is actually perfect the way it is. I would not change a thing. I know some people are like, well, you should have a uh, you should have a three-game series for the wild card. No, I like the wild card. That you Dude, have the 163rd game of the year, that play-in game, is <laughs> one of the best things MLB has come up with. It makes the di- winning the division worth something. You don't want your uh-huh. game season over after uh, you know because of one game. Well, then win your division and you don't have to worry about it. And then it also puts those wild card teams at a disadvantage because they don't have their ace starting the next series. I like it. It makes it makes having the 
uh, regular season, winning the pennant, or not the pennant, winning the division worth something. Yeah, and, so, and the way it started with just a wild card team getting in, and the wild card teams very regularly were on a hot streak, and then they would, you know, knock somebody off in the divisional round real quick, and then you know a lot of them. I mean, the Rockies in 2007 made it to the World Series and just got their asses handed to them, but they were on a hot streak. They went 21 games out of 22, but they were a wild card. Well, let's not forget that last year's World Series champions that uh, beat the Houston Astros were a second wild card team. That beat right, they were that, a second wild card team. They were that were hot. The, they were the best team from like May on. Like they just got off to like the shittiest start. So, but that's like the best case scenario, right? Somebody gets off to a horrible start. And by the end of the season, they've worked their way into at least an opportunity, right? But that's all you want to give them because the rest of the teams were good the whole year. Right. And, and, and do you remember, wasn't there one time where the Cardinals were the wild card team and they had like what, 84 wins or something? 80, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that was pre wild card game. That and was they won the world series. Right. That was before they had two wild card teams. There was just one wild card team and, and the, and the team with the best record in the division would face the wild card team. But like I said, it, you know, if a team got hot, then, you know, it, it, you could still roll on it this way. It, it makes the path to win without right. winning your division a lot tougher. Yeah. Weren't the Marlins a wild card team in 03? Uh, yes, they were. Yeah. You know, and, but it was, that was too easy and that was not a good system. No, it's but, perfect. Leave it alone. The, the, yep. My only suggestion right now is I would start baseball in mid April and I would end it in mid September. That would be my regular season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they could totally do that. Every, and they need to fucking every Monday off to handle your rainouts and your, you know, your makeup games, all your shit like that. Yeah. It's crazy that the Cubs won the world series in November. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, that's just insane. It, yeah. It needs that. It, I mean, and I'm all for having extra baseball in my life. Like I've already been to a few, three baseball games in Puerto Rico, you know, and I'm, and I'm going to go to one in a couple of weeks at spring training. Uh, by the way, I found out that it was on um, the, my first baseball game. My first Cubs game of this year is going to be on a day that normally doesn't exist. Leap year, February 29th. Right. So I'm all about this whole extra day thing. That's fucking great. Um, wasn't it the Phillies? I don't remember. It was the World Series, but Phillies and who else that uh, got snowed out? Oh, the Cubs are going to get snowed out this like year. Like it was, it was sleeting and, and snowing and shit, and they had to take a day off, and then they had to restart the baseball game in like the seventh inning or some shit like that. Yeah, no, that's what we're going to get. I mean, and it's stupid. They're not even starting. I mean, there's a game in March for the first time ever. The Cubs will be hosting a home game at Wrigley Field in March. Oh my God! Yes. And what day is it on? Monday. Like a Tuesday? A Monday. Like a fucking Wednesday? Monday. Like some dumb shit? Yeah, Monday. Not, not only that, keep this in mind here, is that the Cubs, for the first time ever that I've seen this and since I've been a season ticket holder 20 years, is that I'm looking right now, and I can see that there is no off day between their first home game and their second home game. Yeah. So if it gets snowed or rained out, you, and you had, you know, I got opening day tickets and there is a massive price difference. Oh, huge. Between opening day and the second like, game of the season. Like could be like 
what, 800% more? So I'm t- let, me, let me let me pull up the old uh, spreadsheet here. Yeah. Tickets for opening day. If you were sitting in Crawley land in my seats right now, $83 a ticket, 166 for the pair. The very next day, Tuesday, March 31st, they're $20 each, $40 for the pair. <laughs> so yeah, good luck with that Monday, March game. Well, yeah. you'll be there. At least you'll enjoy the game in your in well in park right and this all started with the these this whole idea of 14 teams in the playoffs and then having no wild card game a three game series which you know what happens every fucking time they had the five game divisional series and everybody complained it's a five game divisional series and they won it seven games and then they had the fucking wild card game and as soon as they got the wild card game they're like let's have a three game series and and they want to do a three-game series with these 14 teams, and then they're going to be like, well, that's too short. Let's make it five games. Like, if you listen to all these fucking idiots who just keep – they're like, it's not a true representation of how these teams are playing unless you play more games. It's like, but you just took all the fucking importance off the 162 games. Yeah, and th- and that's – and it used to be, you know, just one team made it and they had the World Series. One team from each league. And then they made it two teams from each league, East and West. And then it's then it went to three or four teams, you know, that could get in. You know, and now they want 14? I mean, to go, I mean, they're it's like double. Yeah. It's going to start well, I mean, turning into the NBA. In our lifetime, right, it went from two teams per league, so four altogether, to right now it's at 10 and they want to go to 28 is that right no 14 20 28 teams all but two teams make all the playoffs. but two teams okay right no I the just marlins the, and the orioles yeah no i started doing the math two times two leagues is four and then i kept going and i ended up with bucket 28 but i would not be surprised if they don't go to that right now the fucking NBA and the NHL losing teams all the time get into the playoffs. Is that what we really want? I think people were posting in the last like four years, there would have been something like five teams with losing records in the playoffs. Yeah. You want a losing team in the playoffs and people think that's good for the sport. And in a, in a bye week for the, for the best team. Right, which we all know works out great for that team to not play for a while. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's good for a day or two, and yeah. then it, then they just become, oh, we're not good anymore. Yeah, take a week off, and then they lose all their momentum. So, I mean, yeah, it's stupid. Rob Manfred hates baseball, but unfortunately, we love it. So, and here's it. Pakoda came out with their win uh, total. They have the Cubs as the second wild card team, who I just mentioned won the World Series last year. At 85 wins, which is actually a win better than they performed last year. And yeah, who uh, saw that coming? They got one win better this year. And the, and it's a hell of a lot better than they predicted the, that the Cubs would be the year before, which they had them at like 79 wins, which they revised up at a point, but they still had them basically at 500. So they're even higher on them this year, which is weird considering they lost – that's a lot of veteran arms out of their bullpen. They've lost their fifth starter, you know, and they're like, no, no, they'll be good. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. what? Well, David Ross is a, is a four war manager. 
<laughs> I guess. I don't, I don't know where I, – I, all I know is that it's – A lot of guys sitting in front of me with iPads. That's who comes up with this shit. It's just a lot of guys sitting in front of the, me with iPads and, and, you know, I don't know. It's almost like these statistics and trade rumors don't mean anything now. <laughs> it's almost to that point. So I'm sorry for wasting everybody's time uh, with them, with all this information. Because- right, and then pretty soon we're going to get to a point where – Pakoda is going to come out and they're going to say, well, this team is, you know, we, we think they're going to win 78 games and they're going to be the second wild card team or the, no, the fourth wild card team or whatever the fuck it is. I'm just, I, you know, I guess I just, you know, they do have the Astros in first, or I'm sorry, they have the uh, Reds in first place in the Cubs division by one game over the Cubs, uh, which well, again, I've be been fun. big proponent of watch what the Reds are about to do, but yeah, I'm just, you know, you think about it, you know, I know Ben Zobris was gone for a lot of the years, but the Pakota projections didn't have him, you know, missing out all that. They didn't know that, you know, you don't have Cole Hamels, who's one of the best pitchers in the first half of the Cubs anymore. I mean, you don't have Strope, you don't have Kinsler, those guys, you know, Kinsler especially had a pretty good season last year. Just really kind of surprising that that's where that number would end up. It, I mean, that's what, what I'm saying. It doesn't really yeah. make any sense to me. You know, Nick and, Castellanos, how about that? Yeah, you can't say what was going to happen there. And, you know, and, and also, like, I do feel like if they, you know, we've talked about it a million times. If they want to get under the luxury tax, which it seems like they're hell-bent on doing, well, this team's even going to get worse. Like we talked about in the last show when they're like, oh, they might just trade Chris Bryant to get rid of the money, even if they are a waiting team. If they're six games out and they don't think they can fucking make it, then uh, they might just do the tax thing and piss everybody off. I don't know. Yeah, we we all have to be pulling for Tyler Chadwood so that he's good, and then they can dump that thirteen million rather than some of these guys we want to keep around. Yeah, good point. Well, do you guys want to keep me around? Ooh, I not really thought we traded you. No, no, no. I returned last week. Remember, I was saying but, how good it was to see you, Michael and Lyle. Damn it! Come on. Right, uh, yeah, but I, but this week, I know it's late in the off season, but I thought we got Vishna. I thought we traded you for Vishna. Oh, no, uh, Vishna is very busy this time of year. There's a fertility festival in February, kind of like Valentine's Day, except for more, with more butt plugs. And, uh, I, well, I don't want to go into it right now. I've written you guys a poem, well, and oh, I'm trying out something butt new. Butt plugs and poems. Yeah, I'm trying out something new here, because I've been taking lessons from Lord Byron about how to write better poetry, and he suggested... I add a little bit more homoeroticism into my poetry, so I'm going to try on something here. You were talking to Lord Byron. Oh, yeah. I, he, I took, I took lessons. No, no, no. He lives in the park right over here. His, his name is Lord Byron. He writes uh, homoerotic poetry, and it's, it's quite good, and I figured out. Uh, Cubstradamus, as long as you don't get writing advice from Juliana Zobrist, we're willing to hear what you got to say. Oh, well, no. We go to the you same church, though. Don't encourage him. <laughs> All right, well, here's my poem. Let's see. I'm trying out something new. Hope you guys like it. Down in Phoenix, where the weather's hotter, the cubbies get changed at their lockers. They'll shower together in a soapy lather after playing the A's and the Dodgers. 
So, uh, did that uh, make any of you guys hot? No. It actually just broke my brain. There's not one single fucking rhyme in that entire like i'm i'm trying no. to find words in the middle of the sentences that are rhyming no it, it all rhymes even there's uh got shower and soapy weather and locker it's perfect why did well, i take the bait well uh i gotta go i actually have a poetry writing lesson uh but you know just want to let you guys know that uh cubbies are gonna be showering together Still nothing. Doesn't make you feel anything. I wish you would take a shower. Oh, no, no, no. That's for the cubbies to do. You know what I mean? A Soapy. cold shower. Cubsterdamus, we, we don't feel anything from it. Just your poem is kind of bad. Um, all right. Well, um, A's and Dodgers this weekend. Well, let's go, cubbies. Cubsterdamus Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't mean, know what it, it. Lord Byron, I guess, is living in the park. I, I, I'm, I hate to think of who. You know, one time I was. I wonder if it's the same guy. I was in uh, the park one time, and some guy started talking to me. I was sitting on a bench, and he said he tried to convince me that he was a Rockefeller. Huh. And it might be the same guy because I, I really, after about I don't know, hour and a half, two hours of talking to that guy, I figured out he was definitely not a Rockefeller. Well, I mean, maybe Cubs Shadam is going to come back next year with uh, predictions about oil futures. Could be. Or steel. I don't know what the fuck Rockefellers did. So, uh, a little bad news. Like, last last week, you know, we said that Andy Cruz, Vanacek from Cup of Cubby Blue, that her dad was really sick. Well, D- Danny Cruz uh, was his name. But he He died. This week and the funeral was yesterday, so it's very sad. But I did want to say thank you to all of you that have donated. There's, I mean, we're going to end up giving a lot of money to charity and some nice things to people. Um, I, I, Andy, we're, we got a Nolan Ryan signed baseball, which is a special story between her and her father. And uh, a lot of you guys donated to that. And, you know, we couldn't do such nice things for people because it's expensive. Um, but you know, also I just wanted to mention that like, um, you know, our friend, Tom, Tom Warman, you know, uh, I know that, you know, him well, Crawley, yeah. uh, that he, he got us a discount cause he does so much work with the, the, um, what are they called? <laughs> the majestic? No. Fanatics. 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 And, uh, so he got us a discount cause he does so much work with them and, uh, ended up getting it cheaper, which any, you know, money we got off of that is just more money we're going to give to suicide prevention. So after it's all, we're getting all the shirts ordered for Bill Sugars and stuff. I, you know, this is all awkward for me to talk about, but, you know, Andy's dad seemed really cool. He he played, he was young, born in the 50s. He played guitar. And he was in a band. It's really good. I, in fact, I've got, um, I'm going to end the show today with uh, some of his music that Andy posted. Oh, nice. On uh, it's them playing live. It's like really cool, you know. It seems they they're in this band like rocking out. It seems like it's a wedding or actually there's a Cubs gift basket in the picture. So I think he was a big Cubs fan and stuff. So you know, R.I.P. Danny Cruz. But you know, here's some good news: is our friend Michael Cantor, who I also mentioned on the last show, is dying because he needs a liver. Well, uh, and he said he was, he's like basically gonna like commit suicide by not getting a liver because he's like, no, oh, somebody needs a liver more than me. And then people are like, actually, dude, you should get a liver. And he's like, okay, <laughs> let me put myself on this list. Well, he did. 
So that's really good news. Um, he still has a GoFundMe out there, Mike Cantor, if you want to help him out. But uh, we're going to do uh, – Bleacher Jeff's hooking this up. We're going to do a benefit for Michael because <laughs> what better way to say goodbye to your liver by – well, he's got to quit drinking. Obviously, right. he's got to completely quit drinking. But as long as he still has this old fucked up liver, he's got to quit drinking before, You know, with this bad liver. But uh, he's going to have one last hurrah. We're going to do it at Nisei Lush. We're going to fuck up his liver a little bit more. And we're going to do it all for charity so we can get a new liver. So it's kind of uh, – it's it's so morbid and crazy that this is where we are in our right. society. But that's what we're doing. We're going to Nisei Lounge. We're going to – all the money – they're going to do a, like a guest bartender thing that they do there for charity. And the money's going to go to Michael Cantor. So look for that as well. I'm glad he's chosen to try to live. Yeah, because he's a cool. Guy. He's a great guy, and, and 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 the fact is, is we all want to see him fight. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and big shout out to all the ranchers that are out there, really. You know, helping helping out with wherever they can. Yeah, these aren't rich people that give money all the time to just help people. It's you know, but this community is is excellent. So, great it's, job. It's everybody. my favorite part of it all. You know, I mean, talking about the Cubs is fun, but really it's like all about the people, you know, including you guys. Like I wouldn't have met you guys without the Cubs and been friends with you guys and so many people that we've even talked about today on this show. You know, all the people that write all this shit that we read and try to make entertaining in a podcast, you know, Evan and Brett and, you know, and everybody's pitching in for each other. And it's just a beautiful thing. It's like it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, other institutions, you know, that we subscribe to, whether it be government or church or something, can't do as much as we can do with just like Facebook and a little Cub fan love. So, um, right. It, it really shows what can happen when, you know, people just come together and are generally nice well, to each other and, and care about each and other. And Crawley, it's, it's I mean, wonderful. I, I don't want to leave you out of this too because you got a couple of the you got marquee put up there for tony uh, uh you got tony tharp r.i.p love the ranters put up on the marquee and uh you also got kyle's dad up there wayne wayne pafluger yeah we got we got a couple of photos and we got a digital copies the cubs were very kind i talked to them and they were able to put that up there so i, I think it's a nice keepsake that you know number one you know they they have their name on the marquee and then just kind of the love of the ranters that they get with that too so yeah, I mean, it's just – but you thought of that on your own. You know, it's what I'm saying. It's like, it, you know, it's kind of one of those butterflies you know, flapping their wings sort of thing. You do start doing something nice. Like, I have to go on to, to the, the Mike Leonard Condolences jersey page. And if you're not a part of that that group, that's where we do it. You just look it up. I think it's a public group. And we just announce terrible things up there. But <laughs> uh, but then we do nice things. We turn terrible into, into good. So, uh, but, you know, I have to tell people to stop sending money. I'm like, because we have enough to get, to do what we're trying to do. Uh, oh, here's a jersey. Here's a ball. Here's, you know, we're going to, so we sent flowers to Bill's mom's service. You know, it's plenty. You guys guys fucking kept sending money. <laughs> and I, I'm like, stop, stop. Like the $500, 600 I got up to almost $700 fucking dollars. And I'm like, all right, I guess we'll buy a fucking two balls. <laughs> you know, like we'll send more flowers. Like I didn't realize that it, Andy's dad's thing was yesterday. Otherwise I would have sent flowers of that. Because I was kind of like, well, we were recording a record. I was busy. So I just didn't realize. But what I'm saying is it's fucking beautiful. And um, But yeah, please stop sending money. When I tell you to stop sending money, please just stop. 
Right. And because there's going to be more deaths and and then I'll come back on there and then you can send a little more. But if somebody, if you've given before, consider that you gave to that person and somebody else might give this next time. Like, I'll tell you when we need money, you know, I'll tell you, but I don't want to be the fucking banker for this shit because it's, it's annoying. Right. And not annoying. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But just when I tell you, stop, please stop. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Am I, is that mean to me to say, am I being an asshole? Am I the asshole? No, no, no. It's just it's 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 a it's a wonderful, weird situation. All our condolences go out to all those people who are losing people or going through tough things like Michael Cantor. And, you know, and and the fact that we have to tell people to slow down being so generous, I know. I know, like you, like you people are annoying me with your charity. <laughs> yeah. I know, I, I am an asshole. Um, before I forget, I do have to say that I was an asshole about something last week, and that's kind of Albert Almora, which I'll, I don't know. I, I'm still going to be maybe an asshole, so maybe I should say nothing. But you know, I, I always forget, and I think he was in a bad headspace. And I said last week he should have been at Winter Ball. You know, why isn't he working on his shit? You know, I d- am not taking into, into account that he like brain damaged a a tiny child last year and that might have something to do with maybe needing to take a breather and not get right back out there onto the field and you know deal with things in a different way so i feel like an asshole for coming down so hard on him now i don't know what his excuse was the year before when he sucked and if he continues to suck then i don't know like maybe got to go to winter ball next year but and i know how crawley how he was an asshole to you and he's been an asshole to other people we know. Corey. Cor- yeah. And so, you know, but maybe I give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because of, yeah. you know, maybe he gets his head together. Maybe he worked on himself. But if he comes out and sucks again, you know, I'd be like, well, dude, come on. <laughs> I, really, I, I was kind of an asshole. Maybe it was a little insensitive to me. It's kind of how I want to say it. So let's get insensitive. TFCs, these flexing cubes. Yeah. Well, I have one. You want me to go? Oh, yeah, go. Okay. Hold on. I'm bringing it up on my phone because I had to. So there was a, uh, I think Michael Cerami put the picture up of the baseball hitting robot. Did you guys see that? Yeah, Yeah. I did. Oh, that was amazing. It was crazy how it was just ripping those balls. But, uh, yeah, the Raul Camacho says uh, that machine has never had Tommy John, so we don't even want to start a conversation about a contract. (laughs) uh, Other people out there are starting to catch on, uh, you know, what the M.O. is behind Theo's signings. Mm -hmm. I I talk to that kid sometimes. He pisses me off, that kid. Who? That kid. No, no, that kid. No, (laughs) both of them. Both of them. I like him, but it but he drives me nuts. I won't go into it. It's political. Ah, I don't know who the guy is. I just yeah. saw the Tommy John stuff. I've I've blocked and unblocked him numerous times, just because he's a he's I don't know. I don't want to go into it. Crawley, go ahead. You got a TFC? Hey, no, hold on. I think you're the TFC at this point. I'm the asshole <laughs> and the TFC right now. Anyway. You could have just been quiet. I know, but I just, yeah, but that's just not in my nature. All righty. So what I got for you, there's a, any Simpson fans out there, you know, there's a famous episode where Nelson Muntz, the bully 
they are looking for stolen goods and they're in his locker. So he has to return everything and apologize. And when he apologizes, he writes, he said, you know, Nelson, the bully says, bite me, cram it. You're dead. Get bent, ma'am. And so Amos Pearson's Moose Farm, who does a lot of Simpsons stuff, said, the Astros apologizing. <laughs> nice. Oh, there's a lot of great Astros shit out there right now. I, I want to call every walk-off home run that the Astros have this coming year, I think it should be called a buzzer beater. Right. So those of you that uh, those of you that was what were um, not aware, the Chicago was the host city for the NBA All Star Game, and there's a Milwaukee player that dunked over Christian Yelich. And so Melissa BK writes, "There's a picture of this guy dunking. He's kind of spread eagle underneath the basket, holding onto the rim, and and Christian Yelich is looking up, and she says, I see you checking out that ass, Christian.'" oh yeah oh that famous ass-eating christian yelich video that just keeps on giving every time i almost forget that it happened somebody brings it back up again i'm like thank you thank you for reminding me that christian yelich which there's nothing wrong with eating ass but it's funny anyway and it's the fact that he had to have out a press release denying that it was him eating the ass yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly it's like why deny I'd be like, yeah, it was me. What's it to you? And everybody's like, leave it alone. But now we just like snicker and like, did you guys see that the fucking Blue Jays catcher? Oh, oh <laughs> fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking jacket off in a Dollar Tree parking lot. <laughs> but but down in- it's two amongst us, you know? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> just looking at porn on his phone. And, and then he gets out of the car. And here's something. If you're ever caught j- jacket off in a Dollar Tree, don't get out of the car and immediately apologize to the cops and tell them, I know I shouldn't have been doing that. I know that was weird. I know that was wrong. Because now they got all everything that they say. You've admitted it. Yeah, had, can and will be used against. Just don't do that. Just zip up your pants and sit there. <laughs> you might even want to go the opposite direction and fucking be proud of that shit. Yeah, be like, yeah, motherfucker. Give me a few more minutes here. Yeah, I'm like just finishing <laughs> be, up. Officer. I'll be right with you. I'll officer. be right with you, and then I and then I will locate my ID. So uh, here's mine. It's Julietta Zuber. I can't stay away. She's uh, she considers herself a poet. So let's go. Um, this is in brackets on being human, all small letters because that's fucking poetic looking. Is she also being coached by Lord Byron in your? Uh, it's, neighborhood park it, it might be so uh here's here's the poem it's quick too so gear up what wonder exclamation point that one can die even while still being alive so that's not the tfc the tfc is what somebody said back to her <laughs> and that was brian denton who said yeah they're called vampires. They're mysterious, mythical creatures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much a zombie, too, as well. To die while being alive. Vamp- the undead. I thought maybe she was just writing another lyric for her song. She pretty much just ripped herself off. Did she yeah. forget that she already wrote a song called Alive? She's obsessed yeah. with her life. Unfortunately, every Cubs fan has not forgotten. <laughs> oh, God. I just, I, I just got the chills. I've got PTSD. So uh, you guys know I'm a big fan of Discipio.com at Discipio.com's work. And uh, 
So it was uh, David Ross. Gordon Wittenmeyer puts up a picture of David Ross addressing the media. And uh, it says, Ross on message to first day players. And in the picture, you see David Ross. And then there's Bruce Levine, like at the end of the table, just staring at him by himself. And uh, DeCipio says, nice to see Bruce bringing that waiting for a urinal to open up energy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bruce has always got to pee. <laughs> you know, when like when like you got that person just kind of waiting, you feel him staring behind you, daggers, and you're just trying to finish up there. Yeah, just- well, you know, I kind of think it might be a pee thing, you know, because I, I believe Bruce Levine, when we went, you know, in the Crawley section up there in the, you know, upper deck left field, they we last year there were brand new bathrooms and we got a tour pretty much like the week before Wrigley opened up to the patrons. We got a tour to go in there and see what it looked like. And I remember all the beat writers, including Bruce Levine, they're like, is it open now? Because we want to go pee in the, be the first to pee in that trough. And Bruce Levine was one of the first ones in there, as was I. So I can't say that like he's any different than me. <laughs> but I will say that Bruce Levine, you know, this, this might that, you know, DeCipio saying that, it could have a bit of a history to it. Maybe he's got like an enlarged prostate or something. Oh, yeah. We, you yeah. know. Did you see the Texas Rangers have invited a bunch of college kids and stuff, and they're doing what they're calling the big flush, where they're going to flush every toilet at their stadium at the exact same time to make sure it works? Well, that doesn't seem like a very good idea. No, because what if it doesn't work? <laughs> <laughs> because baseball's starting soon, and if you just start fucking blowing up the is is the, the wait, is, is this something that people are concerned with that everybody might accidentally or something to be even to be oppressed by? Like the Astros, like come to our new stadium, we can all flush at once. And I'm hey, like, who's getting excited by this? Like, ooh, yeah. I know what I'm doing on Saturday. Yeah, going so, down to Ranger Stadium so I can flush a toilet. God, I kind of want to go. You know what? My cousin lives there. I'm going to send him. I'm going to send him down there. Send send him and have him report back on it. We'll have an actual in-the-field reporter talking about the big flush. The big flush. That will turn into the the big flood. Right. The big flush in Cubs parlance was just this 2020 season. Yeah. No, 2019 was kind of a flush. They trade Chris Bryant. A little more flushing. Well, uh... I, I guess that's our show. Anybody got any more TFCs? I'm good. I'm good. That was a that was a long one, but hey, next time there'll be a baseball games to talk about. Two of them that uh, we'll have to describe to you in depth because you don't because <laughs> you don't have Marquee Network. But what we're going to do is we're any of us see What we're going to do is we're going to look like the old what 1930s where Ronald Reagan used to call the Cubs game and somebody would make a little sound of the bat going off the ball. That'll be the highlights. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get a ticker tape. They still use those, right? Yeah. I'm just gonna. Well, I'm gonna watch every game through ticker tape this year. Right. Well, you, it's called. Right. It's called game day. Is basically ticker tape. You know. Yeah, but I don't have a big mess afterwards. That's <laughs> true. I'll, I'll make well, I mean, I kind of do, but I'll send you some paper. <laughs> those of you that don't have marquee, Chris Bryan up to bat and a home run. Yeah. Can you do it? That's kind of like it. <laughs> right. And the famous story. It's a foul ball. And another foul ball. It's another foul ball. He keeps, now he fouled one off his foot. 
And the ball boy comes out, <laughs> you know, just just make it. And now the mascot is dancing on a dugout. Yeah, I know. Uh, oh, and then the game comes back on. Chris Bryant hits a six-run homer. Spagog. 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 training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.